yeah, man. But you could, we could have like 50, 50 terror strikes a year every single week. We could be like dead from like people like blowing up the stock exchange. It'll, it'll crash our entire economy. There'll be no money coming out of the ATMs. And we should be freaking out, man. We can't do this. Hey, hey what are you afraid of? Let's trade a little bit of our security for our liberty or whatever. I don't care. We can't do this. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, June 23rd, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 524. This is No Agenda. From the Travis Heights hideout in Austin Tejas in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, the <laughs> mecca of Tekka, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> That's right. I forgot to say I'm in the capital of the Drone Star State. That would make your mecca of Tekka come out better. All right. Here we are. Uh, no, actually, John, I'm here at uh, Moscow Airport. We're um, here with many uh, reporters and photographers. It's just wall-to-wall crazy, John. We're waiting for uh, Leaker Snowden to show up. Tell me what you've learned, Adam. Well, I'm learning that everyone knows he's going to be here. And uh, we don't know Glenn Greenwald will be calling in soon, uh, who seems to be his PR person now. Did they uh, take the... you sure they're going to be at the airport, not the train station? No, no, no. We have the graphics on screen. We have the little airplane flying from Hong Kong to Moscow. So, therefore, we know that uh, he will be arriving here, John. Wow. <laughs> this is this is like porn for these people. It's, it's total TV news porn what's taking place now. So, it's like, uh, of course, I guess Snowden never read the... Uh, Confessions of an economic hitman concerning these little planes, but okay. <laughs> well, he's not taking a little plane. He's on an and he's like on a on an aeroflot, like a commercial airline. Oh, it's an aeroflot. Okay, yeah, yeah. You have to kill. Yeah, yeah. No, and of course, WikiLeaks uh, has to tweet his exact flight number. This thing is—it's so transparent <laughs> what's going on now, and you know, and and so I I retweet this WikiLeaks thing. I'm like. Yeah, it's just sneaking him out of the country by telling the flight number. That's good work. Yeah, and then, of course, everyone's like, no, man, this is good. They should do that because, you know, you, he's protected by being public now. <laughs> what? Do people not realize that WikiLeaks is the CIA? No, to John F. Kennedy. Oh, please. This is, it's so crazy what is going on right now. And, and, hmm I think that such a perfect job is being done of sucking in the alternative thinking masses, which are truly yeah. are masses. People no longer believe the news media because the news media is now baiting them with you know little conspiracy nuggets. <laughs> it's just like here, take this a conspiracy nugget. <laughs> I have a little conspiracy. Little uh, little doggy treat here. I'll give this to you. Let them all fight over that. It's just wow. I mean, wow. It's funny the way they've done that, too. They've got uh, Alex Jones on the one hand for the people who have to go off the deep end and think they're going to die in any minute. Yeah. And then they have the, and then the spectrum goes all the way to, uh, you know, the, the bemoaning the conspiracy theory and everything in between the people who don't know what a conspiracy is. Yep. Uh it's just, it's amazing. The spectrum of, of, of reality has been stretched to the limit. And, and even our own, our own audience, who I know listen uh, to almost every single show, and they forget 
they've already forgotten. You know, just like oh, the Snowden. You know, I I really think you have to reevaluate where he stands in this debate. You know, I, it is not necessarily your hero or your villain. Um, let us remember that this uh, that he came forward thanks to this videographer, this uh, documentary maker, Leni Riefenstahl, who also you know did the highly stylized video of him, who has been doing all of these you know NSA like exposure missions, who has received half a million dollars in fund money. You know, there's a lot going on here. And and since the... Did you see this Wired article about um, Kaiser Alexander? No, what? Oh, my God. Oh, no wonder they want to get... The, 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 the NSA is being exposed. These guys are out of control how much power. This, this Kaiser Alexander? Um... This is uh, now. This is from the Wired Threat Level blog, which we know is a direct uh, pipeline from the CIA. And we've—I uh, think that's to most people that that's obvious. I'll just read a little bit of this. Uh, in fact, the title of the piece is "The Secret War: Infiltration, Sabotage, Mayhem." For years, four-star General Keith Alexander has been building a secret army capable of launching devastating cyber attacks. Now it's now it's ready to unleash hell. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the that's the just the title of this piece. Inside Fort Meade, Maryland, top secret city bustles. Tens of thousands of people move through more than fifty buildings. The city has its own post office, fire department, police force. But as if designed by Kafka. It sits among a forest of trees surrounded by electrified fences and heavily armed guards, protected by anti-tank barriers, monitored by sensitive motion detectors, and watched by rotating cameras. To block any telltale electromagnetic signals from escaping the inner walls of the building are wrapped in protective copper shielding, and the one-way windows are embedded in it with a fine copper mesh. This is the undisputed... Giant Faraday cage. <laughs> yeah. This is the undisputed domain of General Keith Alexander, a man few even in Washington would likely recognize. Never before has anyone in America's intelligence sphere come close to his degree of power. The number of people under his command, the expanse of his rule, the length of his reign, or the depth of his secrecy. A four-star army general, his authority extends across three domains... He is director of the world's largest intelligence service, the National Security Agency, chief of the Central Security Service, that's the CSS, John, the hitmen, and commander of the U.S. Cyber Command. As such, he has his own secret military presiding over the Navy's 10th Fleet and the 24th Air Force and the 2nd Army. Are you kidding me? This guy owns us. There's no wonder they're trying to they're trying to out his agency. This is all set up to get rid of this guy and 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 out the the the, the secret. Um, what should we call it? So the SS. Yeah. Well, literally. Or maybe the Gestapo. I don't know. And and guess what showed up in the mail here yesterday in the post? What? A CSS challenge coin. You have a CSS challenge coin? <laughs> yes. With Holy no, crap. With no return address. <laughs> and, oh, and man. Hey, whoever said that to Adam, get me one. And no note. It came to the house. <laughs> yeah, no note. <laughs> it came, of course not. It came to the house. And, and so, 
No, I, I, <laughs> so the CSS has its own challenge. Well, you know, everybody oh, yeah. does. What's his name? Oh, yeah. We saw the picture of what's his name? Hagel. Chuck guy. Hagel. Chuck Hagel. Chuck Hagel's got a challenge going just his own. <laughs> and now there's this, there's this new guy doing the rounds. Uh, a whistleblower who's been around for six or seven years, I guess got no traction back in the day. This uh, Russell Tice, have you seen him anywhere? Uh, I don't know. I have not seen him anywhere. Okay, so Russell Tice, um, he first caught my eye on MSNBC, where they kind of don't really, he even says, you know, here's what I want to talk about, but they kind of shut him up a little bit. And then he showed up on a couple of podcasts, and, and that's what I really want to focus our attention on. But first, here he is, a quick minute of him, Russell Tice, former NSA uh, employee. He's a whistleblower, and I have to believe that uh, he is now being sent out by the agency to help uncover what Snowden has had been sent to start. How far will that go to help squash some of the outrage or confusion that's out there? Well, I mean, there's a lot of disinformation going on. Um, I've always said that the situation is much worse. At some point, I'd like to talk about that. Um, everything I've seen here, see, in the pre-interview, they, t- they said, shut up. You're not going to talk about that. Is Boy, that's they- a great catch. That's almost the <laughs> right? day that you caught that. Uh, they fall back to the next line of defense. We've seen previous uh, the previous director of NSA, and I've seen this director. They're basically not telling the truth about what's going on, and they, they look at what's coming, coming at them from Mr. Mr. Snowden's information and and what's happened in the past, and they just fall back to the to the next line of defense. Uh, the situation is much worse than what's going on that we know. How much worse? Well, for instance, NSA today is collecting everything, including content of every digital communication in this country, both computer and phone, and that information is being stored indefinitely, and that's something that they're lying about. And that, that facility out there in Utah is online right now. They, and, and, uh, the fact that, and the fact that they have said that they do not do that, you're, you're saying that that's just a, a flat-out lie. That's correct. So they, don't, they don't get much further with this guy there, but on the um, uh, Boiling Frogs podcast... Um, he shows up again, and again, I'm I'm quite convinced this he's being sent. Uh, but the, <laughs> the information that he gives us is just wow. They went, they went after, and and I know this because I had my hands literally on the paperwork for these sort of things. They went after high-ranking military officers. They went after members of Congress, both Senate and the House, especially on the intelligence committees and on the um, the. Uh, Armed Services Committees and some of the, and, and judicial, but they went after other ones too. They went after lawyers and law firms, all kinds of heaps of lawyers and law firms. They went after judges. One of the judges is now sitting on the Supreme Court that I had his his wiretap information in my hand. Two are our um, former FISA court judges. They went after State Department officials. They went after people in the executive in the executive. Um, Service that were that were part of the White House, their own people. They went after anti-war groups. They went after um, uh, U.S. international corporate U.S. companies that do inter, uh, international business, uh, you know, business around the world. They went after uh, U.S. banking firms and financial firms that do U.S. Uh, international business. They went after NGOs that like the the Red Cross and, and uh, people like that, that that go overseas and do humanitarian work. Um, they they went after a few anti-war um, uh, civil rights groups. Um, 
So, you know, don't tell me that there's no abuse because I've had this stuff in my hand and looked at it. And I, and in some cases, I, I literally was involved in the technology that was going after this stuff. And, and, and my, you know, when I said to Overman, I said, my particular thing is high tech and what's going on, you know, is the other thing, which is the dragnet. The dragnet is what Mark Klein is talking about, the, the, um, the, drag, the terrestrial dragnet. Well, my specialty is outer space. I deal with satellites and everything that goes in and out of space. I did my spying via space. Yeah, my favorite kind of spying. <laughs> Internet, schminternet, bitches. <laughs> it's going through outer space. I'm liking this guy. Yeah, well, they sure drug him out of the woodwork. And so he used to be with the DIA, yep. the Air Force Intelligence, and then the NSA. And I guess the NSA is the one that set him off. And his, uh, and so here's the kicker: is uh, the person he spied on in 2004. Here's the big one. I haven't given you any names. This was in summer of 2004. One of the papers that I held in my hand was to was to wiretap a, a bunch of numbers associated with 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 a a forty some year old um, wannabe senator from Illinois. <laughs> and you know. I totally believe this. It makes so much sense because, yeah, you want to have the goods. You want to blackmail everybody. This is exactly what the FBI was initially set up to do or what what the FBI became. Yeah, well, under Hoover. Yeah, under Hoover. And, and it, it transformed. And now the NSA, who really honestly, until this probably, if you went on the street and you asked any American about the NSA, they'd be like, what is that? What? 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 Never heard of it. So before we go on too longer, what do they need? What does the NSA uh, operation in Maryland need anti-tank barriers for? To, to, for? In case the CIA comes trying to rip them down, this is this is its own army inside inside the system, John. It, this, so they so the, um, the who ha, who has tanks in the United States except the, 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 the National Guard? Yeah, the, yeah. So who are you so afraid they, so of? They're protecting themselves against the National Guard. Yes. Of course they are. This is this is so obvious to me now. And Snowden is just a little peon in the, in the whole game. And everyone's afraid that this guy, he's got the goods on everybody. Kaiser Alexander, Heil. He's got the goods. He's got all he's got everyone's little dirty little secrets cuz they all have them. Everyone has a dirty secret. You're spying from space. You don't need to send an email. Just, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to America. <laughs> oh, I think I think that uh, we have to be viewing this from a very different angle. All this Snowden stuff is minor, minor distraction, just minor. And and Glenn Greenwald, I'm not sure what side he's on anymore. I mean, does he? He has nothing better to do in his day than answer the phone from CNN and MSNBC and go on the air all the time. That's all he seems to do. Here this morning with a nondescript, unimportant woman from CNN, Glenn Greenwald is smart enough to know that no one watches CNN. Seriously, no one watches CNN, and he's just, and just some Jane Schmo anchor. Is grilling him like he's the like he's uh, the, uh, Snowden's manager. This is CNN breaking news. Breaking news. 
Let's get back to our breaking news this morning. We know that admitted NSA leaker Edward Snowden has left Hong Kong, and reports say he's on his way to Russia right now, but that's not expected to be his final destination. Joining me now on the phone is Glenn Greenwald. He's the journalist who interviewed Snowden and broke the NSA story in the Guardian newspaper. Glenn, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have you noticed this? The Greenwald is just answering anyone's call? Yeah, he's on all the time. Why is he doing this? And nothing this? comes of it. It's no. not like he reveals anything interesting. No, but why is he doing this? Is this for his own ego or something? Or what's the point? What is the point of him doing it? He should be working on on the story. Uh, he well, he, I don't know. No, now that you mentioned, yeah. he does, I think he's always wanted to be a, a higher profile writer, <laughs> and I think he's he thinks he's making it this way. What he should have had. See, the the kicker here, especially for CNN, is that he had a book out right now. Uh, he should be writing that book because he, he needs to be plugging that book. He should be taking any book, throwing a new cover on it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Here's my book. Put Snowden's the, the story of Snowden. Snowden put yeah. that on the cover. Go, go, go. Do some e-books. <laughs> do, a, do a giblet. Something. Anything. No, it, it makes no sense why he's doing this. It makes no journalistic sense. And, I mean... If we, because I really never followed Greenwald. You followed him. You had him in high regard. Yeah. Um, maybe you no, still I, do. I follow his tweets and yeah, I yeah, maybe his uh, writings yeah. in Salon. I always thought the guy was, uh, uh, had a really good perspective. He's, he's a progressive. He's like a progressive libertarian, yeah. which is, there's plenty of them. In fact, I was, I was thinking about this recently. And the only difference between the, the conservative libertarians, you know, the Ron Pauls and those types, and the progressive libertarians are essentially, there's two, if they ever can break through these, Two topics. There's just two topics separating these monstrous groups uh, of progressives and and conservatives, and the two topics are uh, abortion and global warming. Yeah, those two are the barriers for these two guys. This to, to be exactly the same, getting the, yeah. exactly the same, yeah. getting together and changing yeah. everything. But yeah. they they can't. They, these phony topics, and I would say both of them are phony. I think the yeah. global warming thing is a distraction, bullcrap, and I think the abortion argument has got nothing to do with politics. No. It shouldn't be in there. Well, so no, these it's, two it's, things. No, it only has to do with politics. I think well, yeah, <laughs> it's only that. about politics, yeah. But but Greenwald, I'm surprised because, uh, of course, you know, you, you respect someone. I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, but I'm sorry. I, I, I cannot do that anymore. It makes no <laughs> sense. Because he's a media whore. Yes, he's a total. That's the only reason. Yeah, no, that is the reason. And you know, and the whole setup with the with the stylized video. I mean, he didn't break it. The guy didn't go to him. The guy went to the to the video chick, or no, she never, went to him. Actually, they also went to the Washington Post way early, and the Post wouldn't do anything with the story until Greenwald did. Right. So you know, this whole thing is a little uh, Green, Greenwald. 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 Yeah. Uh, he um, was kind of a, he was kind of the go-to guy to get this, get some attention to the story, bring some attention to the story, and then so they could they could blow it out. Well, did they give him like a bonus to keep doing it I don't or think something? They didn't give him anything. <laughs> it's like go do more. He's like, oh, do I he have needs to? to get a some little project out of there? You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he do a long thirty-page interview and make it into an ebook and sell it for five bucks. He makes some money. And and here's the thing that gets me: uh, where was Glenn in two thousand eight when he was writing for Salon in two thousand eight? He was covering this kind of stuff when uh, Shia LaBeouf 
Uh, and I, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this has been going around the YouTube, so I want to make sure we played it. Uh, who was an actor, apparently, who I've never heard of, uh, was on the, uh, of course, I don't know these things, was on the uh, Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I've heard of him promoting the movie Eagle Eye, which I also don't remember. Have, did, have you seen this video, this clip? No, I don't no. think so. Okay. Play it. Yeah. I remember we had an FBI consultant on the, on the picture telling me that they can use your ADT security box microphone to, to get your stuff that's going on in your house. Or OnStar, they could shut your car down. And he told me that one in five phone calls that you make uh, are recorded and logged. And I laughed at him, and then he played back a phone conversation I'd had two years prior Come on. to joining the picture. The FBI consultant. And it was like one of those, it was one of those phone calls, it was like, you know, what are you wearing type of things. Really? Yes, it was, it was mad no, weird. Wait, wait, so you mean they had a, a record of you from two years prior to me joining the picture? Even being associated with the movie? With the movie. Well, that seems creepy. It's extremely creepy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, well, let's, wow. Well, that's, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. I'm trying to think of what the last four phone calls I made. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but a bang. So that was 2008. Yeah, bada bing. Laugh it off. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. We knew about this all along. Yeah. And so it's it, to me, it's been fascinating to watch how this is being played. Um, there was, a, of course, you know, this guy was a contractor. Uh, and uh, I've had a, a couple contractors contact me and say, look, the only thing that the only way the administration really thinks is, you know, when you sign up as a contractor, you're, you're essentially signing an NDA. From a legal standpoint, you're nailed. You're screwed. It's just no oath. I didn't take no oath. Just signs a contract. You break the contract, we're going to throw your ass in jail. That's how they think. And so they had a contractor thing up on uh, the hill, and they had, uh, you know, the head of uh, recruitment and everything. And I, I turned it off after this statement. That in terms of securing classified information, we just don't have an external problem. We have an internal one. Today, there are nearly 5 million individuals, 5 million individuals inside and outside of our government who have been granted security clearances and access to our nation's most sensitive data. 1.4 million hold a top-secret security clearance. <laughs> Given the increasing amount of classified information produced and maintained by our government and the increasing number of folks with access to that information, we have a real problem on our hands if we can't get this right. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Five million people have clearance. Five million. And we're not one of them. In the right. <laughs> in believe, that, uh, which is good. That? No, but can you believe it? In that, uh, <laughs> in that hearing, they also discussed the uh, overall corruption, uh, which they mentioned a number of times in most of these agencies. And they discussed it openly. The Office of Personal Management is what they were talking about was corrupt. The NSA was corrupt. This was all brought out in, these, uh, in this hearing. And, uh, yeah, but instead, we're on, on television, we're watching little airplanes with red arrows of how Snowden is flying. It's like, it's, it's like a holiday travel itinerary. Are you kidding me? So now they say that they don't. They, this may not be his final destination. The Russians got him out because he probably couldn't have gotten out on anything that didn't have a Russian logo on the side because no one's going to really take a chance with starting World War Three. Well, there's a couple things that are not being discussed here in relationship to this. First of all, this happened on Thursday where Russia essentially said F.U. dollar and did a $270 billion uh, deal with China, which will be paid in rubles or shekels or, or euros or whatever, but it won't be dollars. Then the president comes back 
with a continuation of the national emergency on Russian fissile material. It's like you can't ignore these things. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, we'll take that. I'm, I'm going to continue my, my national emergency because you got nukes. It's back and forth. It's back and forth. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll take your Snowden guy. <laughs> we got your Snowden guy right here. <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he. What are you going to do now? You can't ignore that stuff. So the right, no, there's a, this is a little funny battle. So the Snowden, of course, is just a, a pawn in the greater scheme of things, but they're going to have to get rid of him. So they're going to either, oh. on an Aeroflot plane. Well, I know, going, uh, I know how they're going to get rid of him. You think they're just going to push him out the door, which has always been my theory? Well, well, guess who's going to represent let's, him? Let's fly over <laughs> Greenland. Now, what was it? Who's going, to fly, who's going to represent him? The name you sent me two weeks ago, before Snowden even came out, you sent me an email, and you said, this is a name we have to watch. And I'm like, who the hell is this? And I put it into my system. Baltazar Garzon. Yeah. He's going to represent him. Think so? Yeah, no, this is already out. Well, see, I'm glad somebody's watching this guy because <laughs> I lost track of him already. Yeah. Two weeks later. So Baltazar, this guy is a gangster. He's a real gangster, and he's a, a CIA operative. So I, I have the feeling that he is going to be um, taken to some place where they can make him pop up whenever they need him to. Very similar. I don't think he's going to go kill Assange, although it's still a possibility. But, you know, this Garzon is, there's, this guy is, a, he's a made man. He's a total gangster. He's not in jail. So he's being protected. I would say CIA. NSA doesn't really have that. That's not really the racket they're in. They just like to send little notes. Yeah, they send the CSS. Yeah, or coins to people <laughs> Coin, who they Or coins. To. Let me get that coin. Hold on a second. <laughs> Here it is. So it's a beautiful coin. See if it pops open. <laughs> uh, it has a whole bunch. Of, it has their whole, the whole, all their, their little motto. They well, they well, they don't have a motto. It's like shut up or I'll shoot you. National security. Well, they're part of NSA. They you know they're the enforcement arm. Central. NSA, it's called the CSS. What? Central Security Service. The CSS. CSS, yeah. which also means uh, cascading style sheets. Yeah, that's right. Interestingly enough. Yes. And it has, a, wait, I can't quite read it. It's too, the letters are too small. And old. I can't, yeah, no kidding. I can't read what's on there. It says, oh, that says United States. They sell for, uh, that coin you're holding sells for uh, eighteen ninety nine on eBay. So, so for some reason he's got the, they've got the Coast Guard Ooh, logo. Is this the one that's got the, the five star yeah, on the back? Yeah, the five star. Yeah. No, no is, that's I the think, front. I think that's the Blood or the Crips, one of the two. One of them has five stars. <laughs> five point star. It's the five point star. Be careful. She has tattoo with five pointed star. That guy's uh, yeah. trouble. But this is a five pointed star. It has the key, the crypto key, and the and the key. torch. You got like a marine thing and a no Coast Guard. It says Coast Guard, and I've and I've got a a horse, a knight with a key. You have a in horse it. with a knight, top left. Oh right, right, yeah, top left. The knight with little with a little North Star. This this shit is like Egyptian. This is the one you keep on you. Yeah, no it, kidding. It pulled over. <laughs> like, they say, let's see, they empty out your pockets. <laughs> empty out your pockets, Curry. Yeah, and that let let me see your wallet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to drop that. <laughs> How awesome is this? Hmm. Maybe we should put it in some water. 
<laughs> Put it as... <laughs> yes, please. NWT Mint. Northwest Territorial Mint. Hmm. Huh. Oh, well. They might be good to get some... I mean, you, you think that's screwy. So Miss Mickey, her green card shows up yesterday. This thing, now I wouldn't let her publish a picture of it because it's got numbers and all kind of like, you know, it does not do that. Black them out? Yeah, well, I said if you want to do that, you have to black that out. Um, on the back it has, so first of all, it says to protect your, your, to protect your card from being used remotely, please always carry it in, uh, in the supplied envelope. Right. They got a, a, a Faraday cage. Uh, yeah. Surrounded. Yeah. Cause people will activate it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a problem, and uh, but it, the back of it is just beautiful because it has this magnetic strip, and it has in the magnetic strip her picture is in the magnetic strip, and down below all of the president's heads, really minuscule, like smaller than pinheads. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's maniacal, is what it is. It's really man. It's it's like wow, Heil. Well, here's the challenge coin I want: <laughs> the Hegel one. It's the Osama bin Laden Abbottabad Pakistan SEAL Team 6 challenge coin. Wow. Does that come Dev with... Dev ST6. Does that come with a one-way helicopter ride? No, but it's got a weird... <laughs> you should actually look at this coin and try to tell me... Yeah, very funny. <laughs> it, you should tell me whether... What is the meaning of the background being two-thirds green around... There's a ring around it, and the, and the ring around the thing has got a background that's two-thirds green and one-third white. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that coin. That's not a good coin to have. No, probably not. It's n really, it's probably not. Probably got a, a GPS device in it. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good thing. So, um, so this debate continues, and and I think that the way I'm viewing it, just what I'm doing is I'm only looking at okay. Most people in the media are um, controlled by the CIA. This all came out with the Church Commission in the '70s. This is nothing new. We've discussed this many, many times. Right. And the NSA. There to be dealt with. Now, the CIA, they run a lot of the show as well, but we've now put Brennan in place, and we've taken some lawyer chick, and we've put her in number two, so Obama feels kind of safe. He's taking the drones away. Please, you know, we don't want anyone to know. We can't have anyone having any drones in this fight. This is not a good idea. So he thinks he can control the military. So he's, And I'm, I'm on the president's side on all this, by the way. I think the guy is running scared, and he's, he's just pooping his pants, and he's doing whatever he can, and he wants to get, he wants to protect Snowden. We need to get Snowden in, because we need, you know, we need to have him leak more, we need to control the guy, more information about the uh, the NSA, please, because the NSA, they've got their own fortress with anti-tank stuff. That's hilarious. For, yeah, for what? For my tank? Well, they have the area mined. Yeah, who knows what's going on. So I'm just going to think that everything is pretty much a CIA um, CIA operative. And, and so then we have on Sky News, I know you and I both saw this, Julian Assange. And Julian Assange is in the Ecuadorian embassy, we presume. He could be in, on the set of another world, for all I know. And he's there with John Perry Barlow. Sitting on the couch, hanging out. Are you kidding me? I was going to send Barlow a note saying, hey, sit up straight. <laughs> sit up straight, Barlow. You're not that old. And Barlow, it's so obvious that he's he's an operative for the CIA. That's right. I said it. You know, they don't trust this EFF. I don't uh, Look, I didn't trust them from the day they 
I reached out to them. They're like, oh, no, we're not interested. And Barlow is lying about that now. He tweeted me. I'm so sorry. That's the way you remember how it went. We didn't have the resources. The bullshit. You didn't even look at the case. Liar. CIA liar. Yeah. We're, I mean, look, here's the problem. You know, I personally, I, I actually do trust to some large extent. The people who are running the NSA. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what a tell there, huh? Yeah, yeah, and no, I'm sure you do, John. Some, many of whom I know. Uh-huh. Uh, and, I, and I trust the, the, the underlying faith of the, of the Obama administration. To... Whoa! I trust the underlying faith of the Obama industry, is what he wanted to say. But then he said administration. What is the underlying faith? What does that mean? I think it's what you're kind of suggesting, which is that Obama's a good guy underneath it all. Mm -hmm, Although, mm -hmm. by the way, I'm not buying any of this at this point with Obama being the good guy. I think he's got co-opted, oh, no, oh, sold not, out. Yeah. He's, uh, he's done. No, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I said I feel for him. He's running scared. He's not running anything. It's not even the same guy from four years ago. This is the other guy. It's tag-teamed. It's like the Mexican wrestlers. So... Uh, yeah, but it was, why would he compliment the NSA? Because we, I think we can say that there's a there's a turf war. Yes. Between God knows what groups, but we can assume that the people involved in one way or another would be the FBI, the CIA, the DIA for sure, the NSA, uh, the White House, and and God knows who else. There may be other players, but there's something a um, um, running. A muck, and I, I do believe that that the uh, Keith, uh, I'm sorry, Kaiser, Kaiser. Alexander, <laughs> Kaiser, <laughs> is which is the better name for him. Yeah, uh, with his uniform on, I didn't realize he's still an active member of the military yeah, at the Kaiser. same time running. See, this yeah. guy, how, how, who has does this guy get any sleep? John, how he, can he he run. He has, all this listen. Stuff? He has ships and airplanes and troops. He has actual like a whole panzer division or whatever. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't know the guy can order some ships around. It's pretty amazing his power. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's totally out of control. Now there was a there was a couple of. Uh, well, anyway, I have to go get my print out of my clips because I yeah, had no, a no, clip. go 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 get that, and I'll just play this forty seconds of uh, yeah. of John Perry collaborateur Barlow. Uh, and I and I trust the 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 underlying faith of the of the Obama administration to Industry. a greater extent than I think my colleague does but but <laughs> colleague. the point is that they're they colleague colleague Assange is his colleague uh. <laughs> I mean does he understand how much he's giving away this Barlow uh, he doesn't do a lot of media I've always wondered about this guy because as far as I know the only the only thing we know him from is he wrote like a, a b-side on a Grateful Dead record and that was like, oh, it's John Perry Bardo. He wrote for the Grateful Dead. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And what else has he done? How does he make his money? He's always hanging around. I, 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 he's a great guy to hang out with, by the way. He is a, uh, a raconteur. <laughs> a raconteur? <laughs> a ra a ra raconteur. What is a raconteur? It was a, no, a raconteur. He's a raconteur. A, ra a raconteur, yes. And he is uh, a poet, which I oh. think is his. Right, but uh, <laughs> it's not that just being a poet is something that's that's to be hmm. to be. Well, you said it yourself that these poets are dangerous. Hello, <laughs> yeah, and uh, he is one, and it's the funniest thing. But what I like hanging out of because he, he'll come up with these turns of phrases or some p peculiar 
it's a way of it's thinking about something. It's like kind of like what we do on the show, only it's poetic. And so it's like so he so he gets laid. Can I steal that? <laughs> yes, you can. So he gets laid with it, is what you're saying? Oh yeah. Well, hold yeah. on a second. Let, let, let's just let's look at the CIA controlled book of knowledge. Hold on a second. Uh, that should help. The book of knowledge. All right. Let's see. American poet and essayist, retired Wyoming cattle rancher, and cyber libertarian, political activist who has been associated with both Democratic and Republican parties, also a former lyricist for the Grateful Dead and founding member of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. He's been a fellow at Harvard University's Berkman Center for Internet and Society and been identified by Time Magazine as one of the School of Rock's 10 super smart musicians. Oh, I threw up in my mouth. Excuse me. Really? So how does he make money? On that EFF thing? Must be. Yeah, a cattle rancher. No, he's a retired cattle rancher. Yeah, he retired on all the wealth that he made from cattle ranching. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. What I don't know I where he makes his money. And uh, he does have... Uh, I do remember I was at some uh, function. I think it was an EFF function in San Francisco. And Barlow went off on uh, John Poindexter, mm-hmm. who I think was working for the... Well, he was a former, obviously, you know, he was the head of uh, the National Security Council under Reagan, and he had he has a lot of connections in the in this in the industry. But I don't know what I couldn't quite fathom what the point was, and uh, I, so I'm wondering because you like to make the claim that he's like a CIA handler and for Assange in yes. this case, yeah. But do, do we know that? I mean, why, why can't he be an NSA guy? No, 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 why no. Why no, can't no. he be a, no. a DIA guy? Which no, makes because, more sense to because me. Because he's, well, that's possible, but he's sitting with Assange. He's with Assange, his colleague Assange, and he's he's obviously there. What I mean, is he drinking tea? Are they, like, strategizing about how to break him out? I, I mean, come on. Well, Barlow lives over here across the bay. When he gets back, I'm going to go have lunch with him and find out what, the, what, what yeah. he was doing. and there. kick him in the nuts from me. <laughs> Say, hey, this is from Adam. I have two friends that, that <laughs> seem to not that seem to hate Barlow. To an, well, you don't hate him. You just think he's... No, he's, I, just he's, think he's, I just think he's a liar. They, That's all. He's other, li- he lies to me. He's lied. So, done. Uh, That's and all. And the other one is... Uh, uh, Greg Zachary Pascal used to write for the Wall Street Journal. He has some real issues with Barlow, and and if the two of them are, I, I've seen this. If the two of them are in the room together, it it gets one inch be, away from becoming a fist fight. Well, more importantly, you just called me one of your friends, and that's appreciated. That's a first. You might want to retract that. Oh, oh poor Adam. <laughs> Poor Adam. Yeah. Let's get a jingle about that. <laughs> no, let's not. No, no, no. Let's not get a jingle about that. There'll be another thing no, that let's, I let's go with, wake uh, up with in I, the middle of the night. All right. Can I can I play some? Uh, let yeah, me play see. some. Let me play some. Let, let me play some. So here's uh, the McLaughlin Group again. And uh, the McLaughlin Group is just part of the Stasi, uh, the Stasi system meant to make us feel good about all this. It's all good. No matter who's doing the spying. And rehearsed. And rehearsed and scripted. This is Mortimer. What's his name again? Mortimer. Zuckerman. 
The guy who's on the Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mortimer Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. The old grouch there. The Mortimer Zuckerberg. Oh no, you're talking about Buchanan. No, not Pat Buchanan. Mort. Well, Morty. The old grouch. No, the other guy's a grouch too. Yeah, Mort. Mort and Mort, Zucker, Mort Zuckerberg. Mort Zuckerberg. Whatever. Of three who were expelled after 20 years or so, having served in that position that Snowden held. And they were innocent, and they are innocent, and uh, their grievances are uh, for that for, 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 for Americans to read about. So we ought to hold off on judging Snowden. Do you agree with that? No, I do not. I do think what Snowden did is definitely detrimental to the security of this, this American country. And by that, I mean if 50 uh, terrorist attacks were in one form or another uh, de deterred or, or uh, exposed, just think of what this country would be like if you had one major terrorist attack like you had in Boston every month in this country. No. You would change the whole tenor Woo. of life in this country. So it is absolutely mm -hmm. critical for the government to put in enough security mm -hmm. measures to block these, and that's what we're going to be facing. And it's going to be a very, very challenging time. But we must find a way to make sure that terrorist attacks mm -hmm. do not become, you know, the regular fare of what this country is going to have to deal with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What evidence does he have that this is becoming the regular fare of anything? Well, he has the fifty the fifty ways to block your terrorist. That's what he's basing it on. He said it right there. Fifty you know, there was fifty. So in the course of a year that we won every single week. This is how he extrapolates it. What is the what is the capital of Ecuador? Uh is it Quito? Quinto? Quito? Um starts with a Q. Quisha? Yeah, Quito. No, no. What is it? Quito. It's Quito, I think. Uh, Quito. Quito. Yes, Quito. Quito. There you go. That's exactly Quito. what I said. All right. Yes, John, I'm here at the uh, Quito uh, International Airport where uh, Snowden should be arriving any minute now uh, oh, from Moscow. Okay, is he coming with his gang of thugs to yeah. kill Assange? No, he's coming with a WikiLeaks representative. As you know, WikiLeaks is now a corporation. They have an entire... Uh, uh, PR arm and then uh, uh, this fantastic. They go to the same meetings with Al Qaeda. Yes, they do. In fact, they seem to share office space and like to hang out together at the Starbucks. So we're just awaiting his arrival here, John. Um, you can see the arrows on the screen as his flight will be here shortly. I'll let you know if we are learning any more. Thank you, Adam. He's officially requested asylum in Ecuador. What did I predict? Yeah, no. <laughs> wow, gee. Huh, and we cut. I just want to mention because it's in the red book because we caught it as an aside, if you remember, from some commentator who seemed a little sketchy who just dropped the two names, Ecuador and Iceland. And Iceland just had a meeting about this, by the way. I don't know what came of it. Hmm. But I think they, but I, I think Ecuador has always been the target because that's where Assange is going to end up. Yeah. Well, they There's have to get be a negotiation. And Assange and this guy are going to get together, and then. But, he, but he's still in <laughs> heart attack. Yeah, heart attack. That's it. And that guy who sent you that note saying, "No, there's no way. The guy's a loser. That guy's a plant." <laughs> Who's going to send me a note? No, so you already got the note. You read it about three shows ago. Some guy oh, in JSON. Oh, oh, oh. No, he, no, he didn't say he was a loser. He just said that he hadn't done any special training. He doesn't know that for a fact. Mm, okay. He doesn't know the guy. He's just going on okay. based on the news reports. Okay. Okay. The guy could be the, he could be, you know, the, the stealth assassin. You know, we don't know who he anyway, is. Anyway, so let's just, just back it up for a second and I'll be done with this topic because I don't know what else we can say. All I know is, is that 
WikiLeaks inserted itself into the process after the fact. Okay? So this wasn't a WikiLeaks project. It wasn't leaked on WikiLeaks. It went through the same channels, the same same uh, way, because WikiLeaks, you know, there wasn't all this. Bradley Manning didn't uh, send stuff to WikiLeaks that was published on the web. No, it was published in the New York Times, in Built, and in The Guardian before anything else. And that it was all redacted, and they talked to the State Department. So we deduced and concluded that it was clearly some form of psychological operation, i.e. CIA. This guy comes out of the woodwork through a dubious channel, at best, a paid-for channel. And uh, and the WikiLeaks is like, oh, yeah, we're tweeting about him. Yeah, we got a representative with him. Like, since WikiLeaks now has reps, coaches, like media coaches, what is this? I didn't just wake up yesterday and and <laughs> the like media coaches. Yeah, I mean, come on. What is wiki? What is Wikipedia now? I mean, uh, uh, the WikiLeaks. What is it now? Is it Assange? Is it a whole organization who's running it? Where's the office? Who takes care of this? Who's the liaison? Or just some some guy puts on the WikiLeaks T-shirt and says, "Hey, I'm here. I'm here to take you." I mean, how does this work? Come on. There's a lot more going on, and for people that just accept this at face value and say, yeah, WikiLeaks is helping him out. Yeah, No, no, no. Back so what up. do you think Barlow is doing there? <sighs> I think he's... I just found it peculiar. You're a news guy. I mean, you know, we both worked in and around this business in news. And you're going to do an interview with the guy. You're on. This is Sky News where this showed up. Yeah. And so Sky News is going to do an interview with uh, Assange. So they started off with a two-shot. Now, what? when has this happened so far with any interview with Assange? No. Usually it's a piece of sh- crap interview, you you know, sometimes on Skype and sometimes, you know, with the camera. They obviously had set up shop in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy because that was a professional setup. It was well lit. The mi- It was well mic'd. Oh, it was a horrible shot. You were looking right in there. In their crotch. It was well, the stupidest shot ever. I'm talking about the lighting and the mm, mic. Yeah, and then yeah, they should yeah. give us a two shot that you're bitching about. Well, I'll tell well, you. That's what I'm bitching about. What's the point of oh. a two shot oh. with some guy that's got nothing to do with this sitting there? I believe it was to send a message. Yes. And the message, uh, I don't know what my takeaway is. Hello, we're from the CIA. We're still supporting Assange, we're still supporting uh, WikiLeaks, and and we're supporting Snowden. So it it could only be a message. I don't see any other no, I reason. It was, I agree. I don't know if that what you you sur- surmise is the exact message. I mean, it could also mean <laughs> either that or Jerry look, Garcia got this guy coming back. covered. We'll shoot him in a minute. If, <laughs> you know, I mean, it could be a million different messages. The, your message, I think, is the idealistic one. It's a good message if it was true. But I'm not convinced that, you know, this is CIA. I don't know. They're, but I, I agree 100%. There's no reason to do that shot. No, unless it's a message. Unless it's a message. It's the same thing with Clooney and the guy who's always hanging around him, the handler, because it's just to let everyone know that Clooney's not gone off the rails. Pendergrass. There's our guy. He's here Pen- to make sure that Clooney doesn't yeah. do anything dumb. Pendergrass. He's an actor, after all. Pendergrass. Pendergrass, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Ugh. Right. That so so I think that – but what – the message is clear to everyone who needs to know it. You know, this is our guy. Right. It's like the number 33. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what it means. Yeah. You know when it shows up, what it means yeah. to you at that moment. We don't know. Again, again, we're not in the loop. 
<laughs> no, we're just guessing. That's what we do. We're but not- we're guessing in an intelligent way that I think the public needs to at least have some second thoughts about a lot of this stuff. And I think that, you know, these kinds of things, they stand out like sore thumbs. You do not do an interview with Julian Assange about Snowden with a third party sitting there. You just don't. No. No, no. It's, it, it made no sense other than messaging. And uh, Barlow's a great guy. He's very recognizable. Um, and you know, I think in the intelligence community, he says, I have uh, lots of people I know at the NSA. Well, isn't that a, what better... Yeah. reason to sit him next to Assange and then say, I know people in the NSA. And yeah, Obama's okay, the underlying principle, so who's he working for? Well, I'd say CIA or maybe DIA. But CIA makes a lot more sense from the Wiki, from the WikiLeaks perspective. Maybe. Yeah, because your thesis is that the whole thing is a CIA operation. Well, it's not at some level. I mean, I don't know if the people working there know that. Most people that work for a CIA operation don't find out until it's like you know, too late. Years later, <laughs> too late. They go, what? Until what? They, until they read the book. <laughs> they read the book and they find out they were stooges. I could have got paid a lot more money if I'd known what was going on. Yeah, cheap bastards. Yeah. All right. Well, so I went. I was spe- spending my time on a, a very interesting and entertaining hearing. Actually, it's a caucus. I'll tell and you what. I, when I see one of these things on C-SPAN, I really pay attention because this is the this is the the real deal. This is the thing you really want to watch in in its entirety. And this was a uh, a group was called the the uh, Congressional Internet Caucus Advisory Committee. The, the, and there the was what the what. The Congressional Internet Caucus Advisory Committee. Hmm. These things, these are committees that that talk in private generally to all the top aides of the congressmen and senators. Oh, okay. And so you look at the audience, it's all kids. Right. It's an old fart. <laughs> yeah, right. It's an right. old guy. Hey, that's the best work I can get in. But it's mostly the young women who are ambitious and a lot of guys and, and policy wonks. The place is filled to the gills. These, the, when you get to see one of these one of these advisory committees meet over a current event topic, these things are, are the, they're people hanging off the rafters. And this was on NSA data collection, mm. and they had a, a number of people there. They had a guy from Cato. They had a, a ACLU woman who was a nervous wreck. They had the the old privacy expert from the DHS, who's now a privacy attorney, who led the thing, Mary Ellen Callahan, and she was very very interesting. And they discussed all the all the crap that was going on. And I want to play just to give you a, a sense of this, and I can play a couple different clips. But the clip that got my real attention is the actual causes clip, which I have here, that discuss besides of besides an obvious FBI lie. They discuss. Remember that? Oh, the stock market. They're going to blow up the stock exchange. Yeah, this was the guy that they had. They had again enticed, and they had a. The, he, they had well, actually, inf- it was even more interesting than that. This guy, the, this, the guy speaking is Julian Sanchez from Cato, who has this very East Coast kind of preppy, weird accent that uh, it was a little off-putting. But he's a classic Washington, D.C. style uh, talker. And, and he's from Cato, which is a conservative think tank that doesn't really support any of this stuff, even though the conservatives in the Republican Party and all the talk show guys do. But David Cato doesn't seem to. He explains all these cases that were brought out, including one that we were never discussed. 
essentially the 50 cases that uh, Kaiser Alexander brought up. Yeah, he's, he, he's he says saying they're all bullshit. They're all bullshit. And then when you start looking at exactly what that means, you say, well, and how many of those was 215 actually used, um, specifically this metadata program? Um, and it says, well, the majority, um, we believe. So, okay, six or seven. Um, and then what are those cases? Well, the cases they describe, one involved finding someone who had been donating money to uh, Shabab, the Ethiopian uh, terror group, and, of course, you know, absolutely find and, and prosecute those people. Um, but that's not exactly a, a terror plot foiled, and it's not clear in that case why the same thing could not have been achieved using traditional tools like subpoenas and targeted pen registers and records orders. Um, Najibul Azazi, who appears to have been identified through a link to a known terrorist email address already being monitored, um, whatever use was made of 215 later, again, not clear why a more targeted use of that would not have been um, possible. Um, there was a, this, this other case involving a supposed plot to bomb uh, the New York Stock Exchange. Um, was it a serious plot? Deputy Director Sean Joyce or the FBI says, well, uh, the jury thought it was serious because they were all convicted. As it turns out, there was no jury trial. They were not convicted of plotting terrorism. <laughs> These were people who were convicted, again, of material support for a terrorist organization, meaning, again, assistance, money. Um, and the New York Stock Exchange plot part of it appears to have involved the fact that the U.S. person involved in this case um, sort of scoped out several tourist targets, um, didn't provide very useful information, and it appears to have been abandoned. The U.S. attorney who worked that case said there was no specific plot. Um, so I think we, we should treat with some skepticism. If these are the, the showpiece cases, they're bringing up to justify the bulk collection of all Americans' phone and possibly internet records, um, it's not clear that that is a justification that, that, that passes that cost-benefit test. If this is a very important uh, clip you've just uh, uh, shared with us, John, because with uh, a $200 million a year budget, the world's news organization, CNN, was not able to put together what Kaiser Alexander said and the facts as they are presented here to say, to present to the world that uh, maybe there's some bull crap going on here. Yeah, I and, know. When I heard that clip, I said, why? I've never heard this anywhere. I'm listening to it in this caucus but it's or this uh, committee, and it's like, how hard is it to, to, to just... Take that down word for word. In fact, I may turn into a column just by quoting that guy. Oh, well, no, 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 you will not. You are not going to write any column like that. First of all, I, you can put it in the book right now. You write that column, it will get, it will not get published. Yeah. Guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Guarantee yeah. it. Guarantee it. It will not get published. It'll be something like, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know, the iPhone 5S is coming out. We had to make space. We didn't have room for your column this week. I know it's the Internet, but we didn't really have space for it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I can guarantee it. And I don't want you doing that because that puts our whole operation in jeopardy. You can't put that on a, on a legit news site. I will bring it up to a legit... Uh, <laughs> market Watch. You can't do that. <laughs> I mean, don't write for Market Watch anymore. They already got rid of me. Oh, really? <laughs> Thanks to this show, no doubt. Oh, no, man. So now we have another clip. Let's go to Callahan. Good clip. Uh, Good clip, by the way. Good clip. It's a great clip. Good clip. Yeah. And can I, clip I, of the day. No, no, it could be. I could give you that posthumously. I no, just, no. I, it, it happens when it happens. I just wanted to say that all of these clips 
are available in the show notes. It'll be 524.nashownotes.com. You go to Clips and Stuff, and there you can find JCD, and in his little folder there, you'll have all of his clips. And so when you are, you can even load it on your phone, and then when someone says, Hey, man, but you, we could have like 50, 50 terror strikes a year every single week. We could be like dead from like people like blowing up the stock exchange. It'll, it'll crash our entire economy. There'll be no money coming out of the ATMs. We should be freaking out, man. We can't do this. Hey, hey what, are you, what are you afraid of? Let's trade a little bit of our security for our liberty or whatever. I don't care. We can't do this. Yeah, that on. is the opening clip for the show. <laughs> mark it down. Mark the time. One hour. One hour? Hold on a second. How did we get to an uh, hour? Can, wait, can we stop your clips and thank some producers so we can just... Or do you want to finish? Uh, uh, I no, let's, we better thank some producers. Yeah, this is, I mean, and in fact, this is how you do it. You do the great opening tease. Everyone's all hot and horny for the show. Boom. Bring in the people who pay for the show. Yeah. In fact, and I do have the spreadsheet loaded. We do have a number of executive producers today. I want to thank them all. We have, uh, where's the one at the top? And by the way, hello. What kind, This is great value for value. We just gave you... Something that not a single news organization has done. And we've put it together for you right here. You can take this information and say, it's bullshit. It's simply <laughs> not true. The Kaiser wear no clothes. Yeah, no, that, the thing about the, the, those 50, oh, the 50, the big 50, you know, is such, it just was, you know, I'm really glad that this guy... Uh, this Cato guy gave us the real outline. In fact, one of them, the one, the first one about the guy just sending some money overseas, and that's a big terrorist plot. Yeah, like I, I did. The, Remember, like I did, sent some money to my daughter, got rejected because of, oh, terrorists, you use foreign language. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. very funny, by the way. All right, we have some the, the number of executive producers to thank. We maybe had a call out for some extra ones. They all get credit for today and uh, July the 4th. Uh, Gary Blatt, 524, member of the 524 Club now. Nice. ITM, figured I would have been a boner long enough to, and time to be a donor. In time, I would have been a donor long enough and time to be a donor. A boner. Never mind. I'd like some <laughs> karma for my wife who's getting ready to write her first solo book. Oh, oh, lovely. Let me hand you that. Great. Send a copy with pictures. You've got karma. Nice. Gary Blatt, Wayne, Pennsylvania. Dwayne, Sir Dwayne Melanson. Oh, man. They had the head of uh, all Oregon. He's the Baron. 444, 69, 69. Uh, in Tigard, Oregon. ITM, gents, removed and reinstalled my Chrome plugins and comments now work on PayPal. Aha. Ah, so it's a Chrome issue. Interesting. So here's three fours for the fourth and a little swazzle enough at the end. I know the show has been better. The show has been better than ever lately. Also, keep it up. Or keep it up. I'm very <laughs> sorry. Great show, and keep it up. Keep that thing up. Oh, no, no. All right. I'm all very right, close to right. my dukedom, and I want lots of territory. We're going to end up with yeah. the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, California, screw them. And we're going to throw in Mexico, just for the hell of it. <laughs> Rolf, Rolf Lehman, uh, 291, and he, those are our executive producers. And Rolf Lehman will be an associate executive producer, 291.85. Hold on a He's, second. I need to ask you a question here. Yeah. Um, I saw that you made a special offer. Yeah. Uh, on double producerships. Yeah, I said that when I just started reading these names. Wow. The July the 4th producership. I'm sorry. I, I was keeping it up. I'm sorry. You, yeah. We get, these people all get a double producership. Got it. Got it. Okay. I'm sorry. I had to do something because it was things were not looking that good. <laughs> it, was, it was a Heil Mary is what it was. <laughs> it was a Heil Mary. <laughs> good one. 
So Rolf Lehman in uh, Switzerland. I don't have a note from him, but let uh, me. Since is he one of the Lehman brothers? <laughs> well, it seems unlikely. Although he is in Switzerland. That's what I mean. Rolf Lehman, special double producer. Happy birthday to me. Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's do this part. Let me read this part. Even though my birthday is eight day away, eight days away. Uh, accumulated premium is now reached number six 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 six. Okay, let me read this. Even though my birthday is eight days away, I felt a compulsion to donate some money. Accumulated with my previous donations, my knighthood meter has now reached six 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 dot six six. Nice. Please put me on the birthday list for next Sunday because June thirtieth. I will never remember this. Put him on today's birthday he, list. He's on today's list, so but he has to get on again for the. It, it never. It, this will never work. Yeah, we do, we can't do that because we don't have any brains. The mechanism doesn't <laughs> brains. Exist. We don't no, there's brains. no mechanism. We can't unless we try to remember it. Yeah, it's not going to work. I mean, no. he wants a Dr. Kiki. Ah, oh. uh, yeah, it seems like the donation service can't handle an umlaut. Mm-hmm. My hometown is called uh, Wiedensville, and it's located in the beautiful Lake Zurich, which is, I've been there, it's nice. All the best of my favorite two podcasters. Keep up with the crack pottery and buzzkill, and uh, the sheriff of Zurich, that's what he's headed for. <laughs> so he wants a Dr. Kiki, a karma, or just a Dr. Kiki, or what does he well, want? Well, he wants a karma, let's Shut face it. Stop already. Science. You've got karma. All righty. Thank you. Rolf, right. Rolf. We need more Swiss donors. I mean, those are this where all the money is. That's the that's the that's kind of the Alberta of Europe. Yeah, Zug, yeah. Zug, and Zugs there. Zug, Zug, Switzerland. Uh, Elizabeth Bozeran, uh, Borozan, Borozan, in Tucson, Arizona, two sixty nine sixty nine. Pronounce. Um, please don't rain stick my upcoming NorCal trip. And coot, it's funny. It's going to rain tomorrow. Uh, and kudos to Adam for his ability to pronounce my last name, JCD. Eh, not so much. Well, first of all, she says Heil, gents. You missed the whole beauty of her oh, I nose. I did miss Heil. Yeah. Yeah. Heil, gents. Borazon. Charles Jordan, or Jordan, two twenty two twenty two out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks for reaching out to me. Foundationbar.com, Milwaukee's best Mai Tai. Hey, now. Uh, I, I actually gave the I gave our uh, upcoming night a a phone call. Actually, he's a night. Oh, really? He's a double night. I think maybe heading two or three years, something like that. And uh, yeah, because he he was irked about something, so I called him up and calmed him down. And then I found and I gave him a tip. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, who was this? This is Charles. Wait, so you, so wait, oh, sorry, here's our good. You call him lucky Maita. He's a bar hey, guy. Hey, hey, Charles, calm down. <laughs> is that what you did? Did Slink. you do one of those? <laughs> No, I actually gave him the tip to use a, a little splash of Okali Hau, a uh, a Hawaiian booze based on the tea plant, T-I, mm. uh, that is used as a secret ingredient in many Mai Tais in Hawaii. Oh, and was he And he had not heard of this, this tip? No, no, but he's on, on it. He's mm-hmm. got apparently a brother or someone who's just... Mm. Combing Hawaii for recipes, and have we uh, have we worked everything out with him? I mean, is he? Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's good to go. Okay, good. Chris well, Spears and that's super service. Can can we just? Is there a, a donation? No, no, this is not something I'd commonly do. Well, is there a donation level that we can get you to call people? Oh, yeah, I'd say two twenty two twenty two. I'll give you a call. <laughs> hey there, 
Thanks for the money. Hey. <laughs> How's that going to work? Great. I love it. Uh, I think you can do this on Mondays. We can fit it into your schedule. <laughs> on the phone. Beep, 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 beep. Hi, I'm John. Hey. 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 All right. Chris Spears in Austin, Texas, 222. That is actually right up the road from me. I would think... Please, please credit Mr. Bobo, the nickname I use in the chat room. In the morning, uh, John and Adam from a techno expert whose job keeps him constantly away from Austin. I hope this small bit of value for the value they provides funds fights yes. well. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Robert Sersima. Sersima. Sersima in uh, Portage, uh, Indiana. Or if he was in France, it would be Portage 219. The show has been fantastic lately. Keep up with the great work. We get a lot of compliments that way. Thank you. Sir Borislav Marinoff in Aliso Viejo, California, 200 bucks. He had a 15th anniversary a couple of days ago. Can you send some obedience <laughs> karma to my wife? Oh, hold on a second. I, I think I know what he means. Uh, okay. Here we go. We'll send it from you. You will obey. You will <laughs> obey. You will obey. You've got karma. <laughs> And you know it. I'm sure that'll work out just fine. <laughs> yeah. Nice knowing you. <laughs> Todd and Kathleen in Iowa, Davenport, to be exact, 200 bucks. Uh, ITM, uh, thanks for the weekly ma- email updates. Keep them coming. Huh. Thanks for watching more C-SPAN than we do. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, the, the family that gives together loves together. I think so. Sir Alan Bowes in Langley, British Columbia, uh, 200 bucks. Sir Alan Bowes here, although this makes me a baronet. I'm planning a no agenda meetup on the Norwegian Pearl cruise ship this February during the spring song at sea, bluegrass, and or Kayamo Americana music cruises. No agenda at live.ca for details. Huh. No agenda at live.ca. He has half a room to sublet for these cruises if you're interested. Hmm. Underwriting, okay. not advertising. <laughs> All right. Sounds, sounds good to me. Robert Goshko in Sherwood Park, Alberta, 200. Keep up the great work, the best podcast in the universe, Baron Rob. Thank you. Uh, Jerry, or I'm sorry, Jeffrey Kayum, I'm guessing. Kayum? Kayum. Kayum. I think Kayum. Yeah. Could be. <clears throat> um, I have very little money, but I want you to have it. Otherwise, I would have to listen to the news, and that would surely kill me. <laughs> I, there was a whole report I was reading. It was a funny report, uh, and I, I actually I, I should have sent it to you. That it turns out the people who have less donate more. Yeah, well, they. Not, Did you see this? I know what the this has been studied. Yeah, there's a lot of people that will that are very generous, uh, and it's typically the people as opposed who, to some people who have a lot of wealth yeah, and they're cheap. Yeah, and they're cheap. They're cheap asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate it. Anonymous in Springfield, Virginia, uh, $200. And Janet Waters in Indio, California. She says, I, she, she sent a note. ITM boys giving a shit once again. Janet Waters, Indio, California. John, that's Indio, not India. I don't, I never said India, did I? You remember saying India uh, instead you know. of Indio? In all the hours that we talked together, I really remember very little. Yeah, that's true. I don't remember anything. <laughs> Maybe I said, I, if, if so, I apologize profusely. Yeah. I want to thank these people, all of the producers that were named. Yeah, plus good all work. The other good work. Oh, oh I, I wanted to thank. Um, did you get an award? Yeah, I got the best podcaster 
in the known universe. Well, hold on a second. How can that be? Why, because you got the same award? I got the best podcaster in the known universe award. Yeah, these, are the, these are the Bauman Awards, I believe the guy. What's his name? <laughs> um, Bauman. It, it's, uh, is it, uh, I want to say. They have it downstairs. I have to get it. But, no, so I got I it. I got it. That. I got it. It's uh, Dan. Dan Baumgartner. Yeah, the Baumgartner Award. We both won a Baumgartner Award over the week. Mickey came home and went, I'm wow. going to put it on my resume. <laughs> Me too. It's on the IMDb. The 2013 <laughs> Baumgartner Award for podcasting. Best podcaster in the known universe, by you the know, way. You know, it is as good an award. As any other. As any of the other bullcrap awards <laughs> that are given away. I love it. Mickey came home. She went, wow, what's that ugly thing? And, and she looks at it, best podcaster she says, oh, honey, you finally have an award. <laughs> and then she put it away. She just put it on the mantle. Yeah, well, that's what she did. She put it on my bookcase. I'm like, hey, hold on. I was still enjoying it. I was still basking in the glow. The glow of the bomb <laughs> I, I had it on, on the kitchen table. She said, we have guests coming. <laughs> it's got three stars. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I want to thank uh, Dan for that. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and I would like to profusely thank um, uh, all of our uh, executive producers uh, who get a double credit along with our associate executive producers. This is great and also nice to see that we have a 524 Club member. This does not happen very often. Uh, really, really appreciate that because it was not looking good. And John threw out the Heil Mary and everyone stepped up, and that's great. And it's great when people actually support the show and say that they think they're getting the value for it, not just like oh, you like we're like some dude at the on the corner of the highway. You know, it's like hey, which by the way, we're only two paychecks away from that, probably. <laughs> but we're two shows away, <laughs> two shows away from that guy. I also want to thank uh, Martin JJ who provided the artwork for us two weeks in a row. Martin JJ has been uh, doing the album artwork, fantastic. Noagendaartgenerator.com. And uh, I would like to mention that the itm.im URL shortener has gotten an overhaul, and it's a very useful wagon, um, and it's, an, it's a nice, uh, you, you can get a bookmarklet even, um, go to itm.im, uh, and you know, it's kind of a signal for just about everybody. When yeah. they see an itm.im link, they're like, oh, this is going to be worth it. Um, so I uh, suggest you use that. And, I'm going to uh, start using it. I, I haven't been using it. I, I, I think you I should. Know. You can get the bookmarklet. So you just drag that. Uh, I'll tell you how that works, John. You drag that. Okay, in. hold on. Don't <laughs> let me get a pen. <laughs> and, uh, and, oh, uh, by the way, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Oh, well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and also in the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. And I want to remind everybody, after reading this list, that they should go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com, go ahead and click on the donate button. Also, noagendanation.com, which will have a similar button and to help us for the next show, which is on Thursday. That's right. And, of course, we have a formula. You can always go out there and help us out by propagating it to others. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And I'd also like to say in the morning to all of the uh, human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, and uh, might as well say hey to 
Mr. Oil, uh, Sir, Sir Mr. Oil, Sir Gitmo Slave, Sir uh, 19-inch Rack Void Zero, everyone who helped keeps the show on the air. Which is uh, Sir, Sir Gene. It's like a million people. We can't thank them all. Can't thank them enough. And the kids, oh, that's, for, that's for sure. Do you want to uh, continue here with your uh, little... Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah. We're going to go back to the caucus. And again, this is the stuff that is being told to the wonks that work for the various representatives. The, the, the senators will never show up to these things. but they're the, the, And they don't know anything anyway. They're idiots. So, But they're aides. If they have sharp aides, they go to these events. And this is the kind of thing that when I see one of these, I am glued to it. Because I know I'm going to get stuff that's going to show up in policy statements. It's going to show up in the congressional hearings. It's going to show up. But the one that was, I, I thought this Callahan woman, uh, ex-DHS uh, woman, she made the commentary on uh, on damages uh, to the American uh, image. And it, I thought it was quite, quite good. To our image? Interesting. And I'm going to use a little discretion and just talk. Um, I have uh, three points that I want to highlight. One, um, having gone to 20 EU member states um, to talk about government information sharing in my role as the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's chief privacy officer. Where Okay. Can I just say something for just an, uh, an observation? She's really full of herself. She's a very happy woman. She's like, I was in the representative of this. I'm so incredibly, I'm so, I'm so awesome. I said, oh, don't worry. Business record rules are only used 21 times in 2009 and only used 96 times in 2010. I'm going to tell you, the relationships with the European Union and with the European Commission are likely irreparably damaged. Um, I used to go and say, no, no, believe me. No, don't worry. It's going to be fine. And they say, we don't believe you. You lied to us about Guantanamo. You lied to us about rendition. So now they've got a third one in there. So I think that our relations with the European Commission, particularly the non-national security portion of it, is going to be uh, a problem. And candidly, our relationship with European citizens is going to be a problem. Uh, I also think that the concept of trust in government and the concept of transparency has been harmed. Um, and that... Uh, the, the particularly the nine named companies, but at the same time the other elements, uh, the other companies who are operating in the space will have a cloud over their their heads of saying, well, are you participating in this? How much are you giving? What is the access? Uh, it seems to be awfully clear. So I think the point on transparency that has been a theme among my panelists is going to have to be a, uh, be an element that we've got to develop because to affect the internet economy, you know, something in privacy, I call it the ick factor. You can't define it, but people go, ick, that, seem, that seems uh, icky to me. And I fear that the ick factor may color both uh, the the private sector economy as well as the government use of this data. Oh, for a minute there, I thought that there was going to be a real problem, like people didn't want to watch Superman, Man of Steel, or the Kardashians. Oh, we got nothing uh, to worry about. Your cynicism is funny, because the, there was one guy, everybody kind of agreed with her, but there was one guy at the end who says, well, I'm going to play the devil's advocate, and I'll just summarize this. I don't have to listen to another one of these. These clips are long. He says, you know... It, it's a lot of lip service because these governments in Europe, in the EU, they love our data. We're sharing with them. Yeah. We're trading data. And the public, uh, 
they're idiots. They're just a bunch of slaves. They don't care. They're not going to pay any attention wait, to this. Wait, does it, do you have this in a clip form? No, I'm just summarizing what his real – I mean, he didn't say slaves. I'm just saying the way he oh, okay. presented it. Right. He says, and what damage is being done to Google? People are still using it. Nobody cares. This no. is exaggerated. It is. That's what I thought for a second. Like, oh, my God, people won't be – they're going to stop using Google. They're going to stop watching. You know, we were at, we were at Halcyon yesterday. And it was it was very funny. Um, some friends of ours uh, who we haven't seen in a while, um, but we only we don't know him that super well. But we're you know we're 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 getting to know them quite well. I like him a lot. He's a lobbyist uh, here at uh, in Austin, but he's he's a funny one. You know, he's like he it, actually he's perfect for no agenda because he knows he's in a totally e- evil business and he doesn't really feel good about it. <laughs> but yeah, his wife, his wife who is just sick. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now his wife. Um, she's uh, oh, she, she's a, a fascinating woman. She looks like Cleopatra Jones. She's you know she's got the fro. She's black. She's got the fro. I mean, you just want oh, you expect her to pull a gun on you at any minute. But then I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden she's like, "Can you believe that they named that child Cadence?" I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and it, it took me a while, and it dawned on me she was talking about. That the, the the I guess the thing was that they had to come up with a K name for Kanye and Kim's kid. Yeah. Huh. Did you know this? Did they name yeah. Do you knew that you knew that they called it Cadence? Yeah. Oh, wow. I well, didn't think it was. I mean, I just I couldn't not avoid finding out because the way the way I'm do, doing searches, I was they kept uh, cropping up as like the top distraction of the week, and I yeah, yeah. cares. Wow. Uh, we went to see a movie. Star Trek? Or not Star Trek, I mean the new Superman? No, no. Oh, man. No, there's a documentary out, and it is a pro-nuclear documentary. Oh, yeah, 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 this this movie. And <laughs> Do you know what the title of it is? It's called uh, B- Buy Nukes Today. That's something. correct. It's Pandora's Promise. Yeah. And it was playing at one theater here in Austin, so it was about 20 minutes drive. It's an alternative distribution system where about five theaters in the world get to play the movie. Well, then it shows up on Link TV at 2 in the morning, and then that's the end of it. Well, so this uh, documentary was playing at a Cineplex, and we go there. Uh, you were the only two people in the room. Well, we went there, and the place was packed. No. Packed, I tell you. Yes, because the Bling Ring was playing next door. That's the Paris Hilton movie. Place oh, and so all packed. these people just scrounged their way <laughs> to get a free showing to this movie. No, yeah. no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is that the, the Cineplex was packed. Oh, the Cineplex was back. Okay, you're, you're confusing me. Uh, yeah, well, but you're being such a shit about the movie. Won't let me even give my review. I'm going to trick you. Yes, we were the only two people in the theater. Uh, this has never <laughs> happened to me. We were the only two people. But the, but the, the movie was playing that was packed? The Bling Ring. You know, the, oh, the Paris yeah, Hilton movie. <laughs> Paris Hilton movie. And so and so we're in this now. And, and Mickey, oh, God, I love this woman to death. Because if we had not wanted to see this, we would have walked out after 20 minutes. Uh, we would have walked out after the ads. I, I can't believe they wasted actual electricity on showing ads to us. Because we were the only two people. I mean, we were, we were making comments, hooting and hollering, because there was, there was no one in the theater. And still... Every 15 minutes, some dude would come by to make sure we were uh, obeying Not the rules. <laughs> Not dead. So Pandora's Promise, which was financed um, by a couple of Silicon Valley people. Richard Branson's in there. Uh, the budget was about a million five. 
let me tell you, not only should they have given that money to us because we make we have done better for the nuclear movement, pro-nuclear movement on this show than this movie ever will. They need to take that movie, burn every single print, burn every poster, pretend it never happened ever. It is it is the worst piece of crap that I could not believe. It, nuclear energy is over. If they don't realize how wrong this movie was, and it's filled with great facts, it really is, and with with nothing that you haven't heard on this show previously. But it is it, it and I'm convinced that there was someone in there who was actually evil and putting stuff in to make you still kind of second guess. I mean, it was like a bunch of academics sat down oh, like... Oh, really? Oh, oh John, That's it was... a trick, by the way. What? That's a good trick. Well, but I'll, let me see. If they gave us another million to re-edit it, get Woody Harrelson... There's no voiceover. To get Woody Harrelson to do a voiceover. If their main their main character was Stuart Brandt. Okay? Stuart Brandt, the, the, the whole Earth guy? Yes! So the idea was, the idea, the premise was, first of all, Pandora's promise. It's like you're expecting, like, hey, the shit's going to fly off the screen. I'm, I'm going to want to go out and put a backyard nuke in. This is going to be great. The premise is, here's these environmentalists who were extremely anti-nuke all their life. And they uh, are taken on a journey, which we never see their journey. Um, and they're never positioned because it says, Stuart Brandt. Uh, editor, founder of Whole Earth Catalog. Like anyone under 50 knows what that means. It's a stupid. And then there's a couple other guys. So there's no positioning of who they are. And 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 there's no real journey. They It, it, it got so bad where instead of... And by the way, it's uh, uh, distributed by CNN Films, which is why it sucks so bad, why it sucks complete balls. Because instead of showing what's actually going on, which is the public are being indoctrinated and tricked into thinking that nuclear is like bombs and you're going to die, um, you know, by the media, because the media is doing it, and they're doing it mainly for whorish reasons because it's sexy to, you know, ooh, ooh, the fish are going to be radiated, oh, we're all going to die, and they have all the counterpoints neatly lined up in the movie. Instead of doing that, they actually at some point said, well, it's very coincidental that the same language that is used against nuclear energy is what the global warming skeptics use. Oh, I'm like, oh, are you kidding you me? Slip that in? But are you kidding me? It was like you just you just turned That's me bull, into. By the way. Of course it is. You just turned me into a hater. Now, let me just tell you a couple things that were great in the movie. <clears throat> Some things that uh, that I think they, they did very well. So they, they spent the money on traveling. They went to Chernobyl, and they took a Geiger counter, which at this point, the movie is so poorly made, you're thinking the Geiger counter's fake. You know, they're on the airplane. They're showing background radiation. The airplane is, you know, 20 times higher than on the ground in Chernobyl. They're giving you the real facts. They're showing you the documents from the World Health Organization and from UNSCR and all the, you know, because... Because you, most people think a million people died from Chernobyl, where it was really like twenty, and you know, and they were, and you know, and maybe five hundred people uh, died earlier, but it was like a weapons grade thing. It, you know, it wasn't protected. It was it's all these things that are completely unknown. No one died died from Three Mile Island. Then they show Fukushima, where you know, there's no radiation. You know, and 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 I'm not even going to fight this because it's. 
they had such an opportunity to do this right. And they show France, where the French are just laughing at us because 80% of all their energy is from nuclear. So they get all these beautiful things. They show the the actual amount of all the nuclear waste in the United States, all of it, if you put it all together. And I, I believe the fact. It would fit on one football field. And the amount of nuclear energy that is hot, or nuclear waste that is hot, would fit on one-tenth of one yard line of all ever used, ever produced. And then, and they show, you know, how a breeder reactor reuses its fuel. And then the best thing, and this this is where it, it freaked me out, is like they, someone sabotaged this. So they've got this, the, do you remember the IFR uh, reactor? This was, I think, 94 maybe, or... Yeah, it must have been not. I vaguely remember. I think we even talked about it. Once. No, no, no. Ninety four. I mean, we certainly weren't talking about it then. No, but, no. I think oh. we talked about okay. you know this technology. So they had the IFR reactor, and and Carrie was the guy. They only they only showed him on like a C-SPAN clip of him kiboshing the IFR reactor. Um, and what they did is they showed these tests where they cut all the power, every power, you know, they, the, the, everything was cut off, you know, no backup generators, nothing, and the, and the, this thing shuts itself down, and then. They, you know, they they pull the plug on like the water or whatever thing shuts itself down. It's completely it it shuts itself down. That's the technology of the IFR reactor, and the, it, a meltdown is impossible. And then we've talked, we have talked about this on the show. But then the guy who did it, who is you know now sixty seventy years old, <laughs> and he's saying, yeah, no, no, we we showed it. We had the press right there, and it, the thing shut down. We did this. This thing shut down. And then the interviewer asks him. So this thing could never melt down. And the way the guy answered, it was like, uh, no. I was like, oh, my God. Couldn't you ask the fucking question again and put it in, put it, I mean, it, Mickey and I looked at each other and like, that wasn't very convincing. It was like the money shot of the movie. And then they, they leave that in there. Now, this was sabotaged. It's a piece of crap. And they should never sp send that money to us. Please, we could do a million and a half annual budget. That would be really nice. And we'll, we'll spread the facts about nuclear energy. This was so sad. And we would have walked out if, if, uh, if it hadn't been. You didn't you know. have to watch it for the show. No. So you sacrificed yourself <laughs> yeah. when you could have gone next door to watch the Paris Hilton movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, it was, I'm, I was so sad. I was so incredibly sad that here's this opportunity. They're in a real movie theater. I mean, you can't even put if you put this online. You know how you know how um, people be like, "Oh man, you got to see this video." No one will even send it to you. It's so crap. <laughs> I mean, we'll the, never hear from it again. Well, in oh, that's good. so they, so they made a movie with a million dollar budget, and they're not going to make money on it. That's great. Mm. It's not about making money. They're not going to convince anybody. There was, no, the, the whole thing. It sounds it, like a fiasco. It is a total fiasco. And Did they talk about backyard nukes, the possibility that you can make a little bitty thing very, now just, that could power your just whole touched, house? Yeah, just, just touched on it lightly. 100 I mean, years? John, it, it's, I'm telling you, we could take the, the raw material, get Woody Harrelson to do the voiceover, and we could turn it into a blockbuster, but you'd have to put in all this stuff to show how the media is lying. And, of course, it will not get distributed in theaters. It will not get any promotion, not that it's getting any promotion now. 
it would be great, but the nuclear industry, there's, there's, there's money in this industry, right? I mean, there's hundreds, if not billions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars being spent on nuclear and, and nuclear uh, industry. Are you guys insane? Are you out of your fucking minds? This, you've got the definition of renewable energy. By the way, love the little tidbit in there that all of these wind farms and solar farms, they all have uh, gas gas pipes running up to them because they all have, uh, they're basically gas-fired installations in disguise. I thought that was pretty cool. So I don't know anything about this. And neither did I. So you have a wind farm, but of course, when the wind is not blowing... You still want to produce some energy, and then they open up the gas pipe, and then the turbines are rolling, and basically they're just selling gas. I didn't know that either. It's a, that was a revelation to me. That mm-hmm. if you look at it, all the wind farms and solar farms, almost all of them have a gas-fired plant right there on the premises to make up for you know when when the sun's not shining or the wind's not blowing. So they, there was tons of good information, but it was completely sabotaged, and I can't believe. Uh, and they never really made the point that, uh, hello, we live in a petrochemical world. The oil uh, and coal industries are so huge. They own everything. They own the media. They own all of the politicians. They couldn't even bring themselves to say it, let alone insinuate it. No, it was the the global warming, the, the global climate change deniers. Stupid, stupid, stupid idiots. Stupid. Now, the Curry Devorah Consulting Group is, of course, available at, uh, at any time uh, should you want a, uh, to know yeah, how to do this. we're listed. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're in the book. <laughs> Send us an email. We're ready to go. We're ready to do we something. We are ready Good. to Kill rock. some time. Yeah, so uh, that is a, a very disappointing, very, 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 very disappointing. Because, you know, I'm, I'm pro-nuke. I'm pro-backyard nuke. Yeah, well, we're never going to get there at this rate. No. Never. Never. Sad. And well, I, you were right, uh, by the way. There was a good job of getting the, the Hastings story off the front page. It's like now gone. Oh, yeah. So that's the end of that. Yep. And then they gave him a the little snipe. They sniped at him in the New York Times, which I thought was funny with his obit. I might, I might, oh, I might have the clip of the day. You give me the obit. What's the? Well, I have a clip of the obit. Oh, very nice. What you got? Okay. It's the Hastings, uh, Hastings, the Hastings obit, obit clip. <laughs> the widow of journalist Michael Hastings is firing back at the New York Times after the paper published an obituary that left a sour taste in readers' mouths. The Times obituary had cast doubt on the accuracy of Hastings' profile of General Stanley McChrystal. It, re- it read, An inquiry into the article by the Defense Department Inspector General the next year found insufficient evidence of wrongdoing by the General, his military aides, and civilian advisers. The Inspector General's report also questioned the accuracy of some aspects of the article, which was repeatedly defended by Mr. Hastings and Rolling Stone. Zach, what do you make of this? Do you give the benefit of the doubt to Rolling Stone? <laughs> Uh, certainly. I mean, if you go through the Inspector General report uh, that, that they're referring to there, of course the, the Inspector General doesn't confirm every last detail that Michael Hastings got in his report because the people who said things that were inflammatory and controversial in the report aren't just going to turn around and tell the IG, uh, yes, I did that and the military should fire me for doing so. Wait, they're, is that the only way to corroborate it? Surely the Inspector General talks to a third party, doesn't he? 
Cer certainly, I think so. And, and if you go through the report, you can actually see that people, the IG actually says, in many, in many circumstances, we confirm that the basic substance of the exchange took place, but perhaps not in the precise context in which, in which Hastings portrayed them. Uh, I think it's absurd to look at an IG report and say, okay, it's supposed to corroborate every detail of an incredibly damning story about, about the government. Uh, the, the, the IG is, is trying to, to, you know, find, get to, get to the truth of these things, but they're conducting an investigation after another journalistic investigation has taken place. The, 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 the evidence is going to be different a year or several months after the actual story comes out, and that's basically what the IG report said. I think the Times is really grossly mischaracterizing this and has grossly mischaracterized it for a long time as, as a report that somehow cleared McChrystal and the military leadership in Afghanistan of any of the charges that actually took place, you know, that, that, were, that were launched in the, uh, the, the Hastings piece. Why would the Times do it? Are they just mistaken, or do you think that they're just tying a, a political military line? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, as a journalist, I will say it, it really does suck when you cover something for a long time and then some punk comes in and just blows up all your reporting and does a much better job than you. Uh, sour grapes. Sour grapes from the Times. Yeah, and, and that, that, but that's what, you know, when you get your clock cleaned like that, you just kind of suck it up and say, well, that was a great story and move on. Uh, it, the Times really seems to have really, this has been the editorial position of, of the newsroom for a long time. You know, the, the, the piece they have on the IG report, which is years old now, still says, you know, IG report clears McChrystal. I mean, that's not what the IG report did. Right. Uh, so I, I, think, I think the edit, for whatever reason, the Times just has, has journalists that have interpreted the scene a lot differently than, uh, than Hastings and Rolling Stone have. And, uh, and you know, they, they can write whatever obituary, obituary they want. I think ultimately most people remember the Hastings piece, and the Hastings piece had a lot more impact on the public debate right. uh, than the obituaries. And maybe an obit is not the place to air that sort of stuff anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the Times are happy. They're like, oh, good riddance to that a-hole. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so here's a uh, here's a clip from uh, to January 2012 when um, Hastings released his book. He was promoting it on uh, I think this is Russia Today, and uh, he was uh, still a young and hopeful and chipper and enthusiastic journalist, full of idealistic views. Uh, it almost seems like anytime someone comes out and says something that goes against the, the mainstream narrative, um, they're exiled as some sort of a heretic. Um, yeah, yeah, and no. I don't see that really changing, do you? And I, I think, I, well, I think the way to change it is, I mean, in the, in the, back in the day, if you did something like this, uh, I would have been hammered and buried. But now there's enough other outlets out where you can actually, who will defend you, who will put you on TV, who will put you on the radio show, who will support you on Twitter, Facebook, out there, social media. So there, there is, I think, this opportunity for this sort of golden age to kind of resist against this. But it's, it's, it's an uphill, it's an uphill battle. You know, I mean, the lesson, the, the reason why the response was so severe in my case or in a case like uh, WikiLeaks with Bradley Manning and Julian Assange is because they, they want to set an example. They want to show, oh no, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. You can't actually report what powerful people say. Uh, you, can't you can't try to write as accurately and as truthful as possible about these people because if you do, you will be exiled. But that's, that's no longer the case. And in fact, what I've tried to do and show with this book is, look, yeah, I'm still alive. I'm still standing. They haven't put, put a drone strike out on me yet. I'm not in Gitmo. You know, uh, I, I, yet. Yeah, no, I, I How sad is that? They, <laughs> That's terrible. What a clip. <laughs> they haven't put me in Gitmo. They haven't put a drone strike on me yet. They haven't killed me. He's yeah. dead. Yeah, and now he's dead. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, now, I've, I have received several reports, and uh, this, of course, is all, you know, oh, it's crazy conspiracy theory talk, uh, but the word is that this possibly could have been a, a small drone strike. 
And if you look at the... Um, well, before you go on, mm-hmm. I want to report at least what... Because I've got a... I went through all these things, as many as I could, and all the reports from the neighbors said it sounded Explosion. like a bomb yep. went off. Explosion, exactly. Now, now I live in a, on a hill where there was a terrible intersection, not an intersection, but a freeway and exit mm-hmm. that had... They took it out. But it had routinely had one or two wrecks a week mm-hmm. where somebody was drunk or they were going too fast and they tried to get off on this exit and they just plow into to the pole. Right. And it happened week after week. And it has and I, and I can also hear wrecks on the freeway. There's a distinctive sound to a car crash that is not an explosion. Right. It's in fact, it's yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, a car wreck. Very distinctive. So, so when all, all these witnesses are saying, "Oh, it sounded like an explosion," yep. I thought the car was had a bomb in it. Uh, it could have had a bomb in it. Well, here's here's a, so I got a lot of and from some of our younger producers actually who sent me academic speeches uh, videos on YouTube, and you can go watch the whole thing. Here's a one minute from the from uh, this is uh, Stephen Checkaway from University of California, San Diego. Um, and uh, the work that they did, this is 2011, on compromising automobiles through multiple, multiple ways. We have vehicle-to-vehicle communications for things like crash avoidance. The final category that we considered was long-range wireless communication, where here we're looking, we're considering attackers who are able to send signals over miles or even at a global scale. So we have a bunch of digital radio signals like HD radio or satellite radio that can transmit over a number of miles. And telematics units are becoming uh, common in basically every car. Every manufacturer either has one or is making one. And these are used for things like uh, roadside assistance or automatic crash reporting. So now I'm going to talk about several of these that we actually attacked. In particular, we were able to compromise the diagnostic tool, the media player, Bluetooth, and cellular. And to be clear, every single one of these that we looked at led to a complete car compromise doing everything that we showed in the previous work, including doing things like disabling the brakes. So I'm- <laughs> this is a great speech. You've got you to gotta see this thing. And- oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely watch it. And, by, and, and just as an adjunct to these clips or this concept, play the clip... Does the FBI use drones? Oh, yes. Mueller. Yeah, Mueller. Does the FBI own or currently use drones, and if so, for what purpose? Uh, yes, and for surveillance. Does the FBI use drones for surveillance on U.S. soil? Yes. Uh, I want to go on to a question. And I, well, let me just put it in context, though, in sure. a very, very minimal way. The drone again. That's right. Only one car at a time. And minimal way. Minimal way. But you know, so I like the way he says yes, and then he starts thinking about his <laughs> answer, and he goes, oh, Shit, geez, that's, that's a, So the uh, shadow hawk is what is being suggested. The shadow hawk uh, uh, might be the kind of drone that could carry, could be weaponized just enough to blow up a vehicle. And with Certainly one that is has its brakes disabled, and maybe the accelerator is being punched down. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, call me a conspiracy theorist. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're crazy. Yeah, yes, I am. Keep it up. 
But if someone gives you a CD and says, hey, play that in your car, don't <laughs> do it. That is one of the ways. That's exactly what this speech is about, is that they could burn a WMA file that would play perfectly, but the minute you put it in your car player, it releases a virus, it causes a core dump, and boom, they've gotten the hold of the entire system. It's kind of scary. I can see that you know, the, 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 especially like Fords have this. They're using Ixnay on the Ordfe. They're, they're using uh, <laughs> Microsoft. Yeah, but that's after two thousand five, right? I don't know when they started using this. <laughs> we don't. System. We don't have. Please, please say yes. Yes, Adam. After two thousand five. Yes, Adam. After two thousand five, I believe. <laughs> we don't this have. Uh, we, we don't have the the, t- the sync touch or whatever. We don't have. You that. don't. And you're, no. What do you got? So you have a big clunker of a yeah, Ford. Yeah, yeah, we got the big clunker with the old school with the really big knobs. Okay, well that's probably okay. Yeah. yeah yes. Thank you. No, this is this is horrible. It's just totally, totally horrible. Here, here was, here's DARPA. Good afternoon. Right, so we've been hearing a lot today about the importance of improving computer security. As Dan just alluded to, though, it's not just traditional computers that we need to worry about. There are many other kinds of systems as well. The slide that's been omitted uh, showed a result of uh, the researchers at UCSD and the University of Washington hacking into the dashboard display of a typical American sedan, making it show that the car was going 140 miles an hour while in park. <laughs> Drilling down a little bit, modern vehicles consist of between 30 and 100 embedded control units, which are essentially small computers connected via a CAN bus. These cars are required by law to have a diagnostic port, typically located under the steering wheel, that allows mechanics to download diagnostic information and to perform software updates. In a first paper, the researchers from UCSD and the University of Washington showed that if they could touch the CAN bus through that diagnostic port, they could take over all of the functionality of the car that's controlled by software. And in a modern automobile, that's pretty much everything. The brakes are controlled by software because of anti-lock braking. The acceleration is controlled by software because of cruise control. And in those fancy new cars that can park themselves, even the steering is under software control. <laughs> Enough said. I don't think we have to go any further. Well, how about uh, this? Remember when they had all these Toyotas that were going out of control? Yep. You know, the celebration? Yep. That, 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 this was actually just a test run of some people trying to hack into these systems and getting, you know, making mistakes or yeah. just playing and, around. And, and. Because it never made any sense. It, it was going on for, everyone yeah. remembers this. Yeah. It never gets revisited by the media. No. The Toyotas were going out of control Day after day, well, they were all let's, over. The- let's be specific. Toyota Prius. Yeah, they were dr- they were just car which- car of your typical Obama bot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It is the car of the Obama bots, mm-hmm. and it would it would be at a stuck accelerator, and they oh, what am I going to do? And it was like you know, and then they they never got to the bottom of it. Floor ever. mat. No, it was they the never flo- figured out <laughs> floor mat. <laughs> floor mat. Yeah, there was a floor mat. Then they decided that, and then it just stopped. Yeah. Magically stopped. Same floor mats. Yeah. No, it magically stopped because. Now, we, of course, assumed there was some way of gouging Toyota by the government to, to extort money, which is still a valid idea. But who knows that the government well, wasn't setting these things into into high speed? Well, it, it, it's, it appears to me if you put all the pieces together, and it's it's very hard often for people to. You know, they think it's like science fiction, you know, start when you hear going back to the beginning of this program and you hear 
this Russell Tice say, oh, no, I did all my spying from space. You know, so, yeah, and it's very easy. And then we just beam down whatever we need to do. We talk to your serious satellite radio, your Bluetooth, something. And then we just take over control of your car. I'm happy. I like our old cars. I'm driving around. You know, keep that Lexus, John. Don't don't get anything new. <laughs> Nothing. Keep the Lexus. I'll get a hot rod next. Uh, yeah. Buy some little 35 Ford. A hot rod. <clears throat> Don't you think I should be like the old fart in a hot rod? That would be pretty sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, girls. <laughs> really? Hey, girls? Is that, do you think that still works? Yeah, yeah, sure. Does. <laughs> <laughs> with the exposed uh, engine, pipes. with, with yeah, the, the pipes big, coming the chrome out, chrome engine, chrome the pipes, pipes hanging out. right, 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 and you've got the fend- the the fenderless wheels, of course. Oh yeah, because yeah, you can do that if the car's under a certain weight. You don't need fenders, right? And so, uh, is this so a- it throws dirt everywhere? I think this is. I envision you in like a pickup uh, truck hot rod, one of those like the short the short bed Ford. Yeah, that'd be cool, right? And it has the little wheels in the front, so you're slanted. Right, right, and you got, and I think you got flames on the side. You of, need flames. You, you need got flames. flames. You can't have red. I'm still a, a, a right. A, a, and then a, do you have a proponent? Do you have a big blower? A, a big, you know, tutor on the front. A <laughs> big blower. Right, right. When you yeah. hit, when you hit the when you hit the accelerator, you see the valves <laughs> open up. Yeah. Open up. Yeah. The car kind of really yeah. rockets forward. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, and and I think you've got super fat tires in the back. What do you think? Yeah, you have to yeah. with that blower. Yeah. yeah, hey girls, hey girls. Yeah, yeah. Who the, f- who the hell is that guy? What is that he's driving? <laughs> what? What? Look at no that. Who's ever seen these cars anymore? You have to go to special meetings to find them. No, we had them. Um, what? It was maybe five weeks ago. Oh, you had them in town in Austin. Yeah, we get the big hot rod uh, weekend, and every guy is at least sixty. Mm, no. Oh, well, that's a plus. No, that's really, that was last weekend. We had the, the Republic of Texas rally. That's essentially a whole bunch of dentists and you know veterinarians who are all weekend warriors. <laughs> they all get on their Harley and they come to Austin. Hey, hey I got my bitch on the back. Hey. But, you know, they're, they're, they're really tame, really tame kind of guys. So, so let's move to this. Uh, you heard the the Daily Woman, I assume. Oh my God! Do you do you want to play it or? Uh, yeah, I want to play it before we dig a I, bigger. I, play. I have her. Uh, I have the whole thing. I have it broken up, but I think it's two and a half minutes. I have in a, sequence. The part one and part two. If you have it, the complete thing where they start, yeah, where she starts with the slobbering. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just play it yeah, from the beginning. Let's play it. So this is Claire Daly. She is. Um, in the Irish Parliament, I believe. Right, and she's a lefty, but she's a. She seems like a, a reasonably. A, a, she's my a friend. person. I like <laughs> she, her. She's my friend, is what she is. <laughs> she's hilarious. Hold on a second. I have her wiki page here. Um, let's just. I want to give her props. She's our new uh, Nigel Farage. Yes. Uh, elected Socialist Party. She got kicked out of the Socialist Party, by the way. Oh, really? Form her own party. Uh, let me see. She was previ- a previously Socialist Party counselor for the Swords electro- uh, electoral area. This is very complicated. I don't know how Ireland works. Sorry, Ireland. Desig- she resigned from the oh she resigned from the Socialist Party on the thirty first of August, redesignating herself as a United Left Alliance TD, whatever that is. So anyway, here she is. 
Um, Taoiseach, I think it's important to take this opportunity to bring a bit of balance into the discussions around the visit of the US President and his wife, given the almost unprecedented slobbering over them that the nation has been exposed to. <laughs> By the way, we've got to start using some of these terms. Unprecedented is beautiful. Unprecedented Un- slobbering. No, she's unprecedented. I want to start talking like that. Unprecedented slobbering. Over the last number of days, and it's really hard to know which is worse whether it's the outpourings of the Obamas themselves or the sycophantic fawning over them by sections of the media and the political establishment. We've had separate and special news bulletins by the state broadcaster to tell us what Michelle Obama and her daughters had for lunch in Dublin, but very little questioning of the fact that she was having lunch with Mr. Tax Exile himself. Who was that, by the way? Who was Mr. Bono? Oh, it was Bono? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had very little challenging of the fact that she's glad to be home home a country that she's been in less than a week and that her husband has very tenuous links in and of course the biggest irony of all the protestations of Obama himself in his speech to the children in Northern Ireland about peace when he said those who choose a path of peace I promise you that the United States of America will support you every step of the way we will be the wind at your back Now I ask you, is this person going for the hypocrite of the century award? Because we have to call things by their right names. And the reality is that by any serious examination, this man is a war criminal. He has just announced his decision to supply arms to the Syrian opposition, including the jihadists, fueling the destabilisation of that region and continuing to undermine secularism and knock back conditions for women. So that, that was beautiful, but then, then, she, then she goes in and she hammers all these guys, which I love the most. This is yeah, the man great. who is in essence stalling the Geneva peace talks by trying to broker enhanced leverage for the Syrian opposition by giving them arms and to hell with the thousands more who le- lose their lives or the tens of thousands more who will be displaced as this war goes on. This is the man who has facilitated a 200% increase in the use of drones which have killed thousands <laughs> of people including hundreds of children and you Taoiseach you are the one who's turned a blind eye on these activities you've talked about the G8 being an opportunity to showcase Ireland but is it not a reality that you have showcased us as a nation of pimps prostituting ourselves in return for a pat on the head. (laughs) To be honest with you, we were really speculating this morning whether you were going to deck the cabinet out in leprechaun hats decorated (laughs) with a bit of stars and stripes to really mark abject humiliation here. I love this woman. I love her. Oh my God. And she just lays it on. She doesn't stop. She just keeps hounding. I just love the whole, the leprechauns. Yeah, the the, the imagery is great. The the leprechauns (laughs) with the stars and stripes on the hat. You know, and and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this will be on every single channel. Oh. It's not. <laughs> yeah, good work. I uh, very, very, very good. And I love, I love the whole slamming of the Mister Tax Exile himself. That's you know, it's like sometimes it takes 
Someone well, like that to open everyone's eyes, but it doesn't get any exposure. <laughs> no one is paying attention. No, it. nobody no. picks it up. No. Nope. I haven't seen it on CNN. It's on all these couple of blogs we've got. <laughs> Leprechauns. It, it is getting around the internet, though. Yes. But I'm. It's I'm so funny. Unprecedented hypocrisy. Is he going for the hypocrisy of the year on? I tell so, you, Mr. Drone himself. So Bono was there for the oh, oh, can I just say? Can I just say one thing? Yeah. If you have children in the room, uh, cover their ears. Fuck Bono. All right. Bono was there for the G8 to argue uh, against, the, which we played on the last show, that they were supposed to be talking about tax evasion. <laughs> and they it turned funny, to serious. So they never got to talk about He was there to promote the idea that it, this was okay, that he had <laughs> moved his money. I don't know. Do you explain this to me? Bono has moved most of his money out of Ireland, which it's, I always thought was a tax haven, no, no, to no. Holland. Yes, because Holland is is a tax haven because Holland charges no t- or does not tax royalties. This is why you there. I can show you the Rolling Stones Wait buildings in is Amsterdam. It Sir Bono, <laughs> Sir Bono. Yeah, I'm sure he's a Sir. Yeah, he's a Sir. I'm sure he's got a title of knighthood or something. Yes. So the, the Rolling Stones have four buildings, entire buildings in, in Amsterdam. Entire buildings filled with people doing important stuff. Important stuff, I tell you. Like Isn't it? what? They're leprechauns running around investing his money. So there's no tax on royalties, which is why... Um, uh, and and that also goes for patent royalties. This is why you have the the Dutch Irish sandwich. A.P.E. Night of the British Empire. I told you, told you. Um, this is why if you have a patent, or as they would say, a patent uh, on a technology such as I don't know an iPhone, then um, you want to charge money for the use of the patent. And you want that money to be paid to your other company, Apple Patent Inc., in Amsterdam, who then subsequently have no tax on the royalties because that's a creative royalty. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if we had royalties from this show... (laughs) Which we don't. (laughs) No. (laughs) But we'd set up shop in, in Amsterdam. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We'd be living large. (laughs) <laughs> like Bono like Bono he's a dick I I told you about it I interviewed him once yeah you said he was a dick total and he walked away I can't he walked from the he walked from he your walked, because you were being mean to him no, I asked him a question about something I don't know something he didn't like and instead of being a man and he walked away and the edge was still the edge is like oh yeah he gets all like that what is it you asked? I don't remember. It was nothing. I, I, I remember being like, what? Wait, he just walked away? I probably asked something, you know, about, I don't know. I mean, it was innocent. This is old MTV days. This is maybe, I don't know. I, how, what's your creative process? <laughs> I have no idea what I asked. Whatever it was, it how wasn't. How you come up with this crap? It wasn't to his liking, and he just walked away. He's huh. a dick. He's a dick. Douche dick. Well, he's losing favor in Ireland after the speech. If you look at the Sun, oh, the Sun in newspaper Ireland, in Ireland, they, they got a story: is, is Bono, uh, Bono losing his his popularity? I think the Irish are going to reject him. Yeah, you know, the, because of this thing. Because there was a front page story about in Ireland, not here. Well, with Obama, Michelle having lunch with Bono, it's like it was a big scandal. 
because he was only there to promote the idea that he shouldn't be taxed. But this is right. But this is how the elites of the world, you know, so the only reason the Obamas were there is because it's the tax haven. You know, he's had Apple on his mind all these, you know, he can only talk about Apple, 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 because, you know, this is where Apple has set up their shop and tons of companies have set up there because of the low tax rate. And that's the only reason they're there. Like, hey, thanks, guys. Good work. Thank you. You know, I got an, an interesting note from one of our producers about, uh, remember what Obama was, we talked about in the last show about the yokels? Yeah, the yokels. Let me, let me just refresh your memory. About potentially critical infrastructure that could be compromised. Uh, you know, there were uh, a, a handful of yokels up in New York who stole $45 million out of ATMs uh, over the course of, I think it was 18 hours. So our producer sends, he says, you know, you didn't get it. He said, Obama is used to such big scams, like billions and billions and trillions of dollars with his banker buddies, that when someone steals $45 million from ATMs, they're yokels. They're <laughs> amateurs. It's amateurs. I'm like, yeah, there's something to that. Why else would he say it? I, by the way, I doubt the math. They stole $45 million in 48 hours from yeah. ATMs. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. It would have to be more than yokels. It would have to be an army of yokels. I still like the whole idea of him just thinking that just, yo, what amateurs? Yeah, yokels. <clears throat> uh, 45 mil. Losers. Please. <laughs> really? Are you kidding me? That's a good observation. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, speaking of yokels, why don't we thank some of our local yokels? What do you say? Our local yokels are... I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Right in the morning. Woo. I have a bunch of... Uh, I do have a letter I want to read before I go in because he donated 80, which I'll get to his name, but it's... Uh, Dodge, as he calls himself, artist, bartender, waiter, slave. <laughs> and he says he's dropping donation in the mail, PayPal being a douche all of a sudden with my card, uh, and yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Been a listener since January 2013, as a new listener, relatively speaking. Love the show, but... Uh-oh. It's always the big but, especially in Louisiana. <laughs> hey oh, No, I'm just kidding. Yay. Louisiana women are beautiful. While listening to an old podcast of the No Agenda show, Mr. Dvorak went into this great ramble about how disgusting Louisiana Cajun cooking is. Oh, God. <laughs> this is not something to be repeated. We, this was a we, – I think we lost uh, half of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted you to know – again, though, of course, we didn't get fired. <laughs> no, we did not get fired. We're still here. Do. We're still here. Just want you to know all of my donations to the show came directly from money acquired at my upscale Cajun restaurant. <laughs> yes, John, you can put upscale and Cajun next to each other. <laughs> all right, so he is Good in work. Uh, he is in a town called uh, Beach, Alabama, actually, and he runs the uh, – there's apparently a chain of these things, and this is called the Louisiana – Lanyap, which is spelled L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E, which is a classic, uh, God knows where that came from, word. And uh, so if you want to go to the Louisiana Lanyap, uh, which is in uh, Orange Beach, Alabama, mm. Orange Beach, or the Cafe Grazie, uh, which is an Italian place, forget that. Go to the Louisiana Lanyap. 
Anyway, that's which, just I wanted to. Which, I'm sorry. I was. I do like the, the style of cooking in Louisiana. I'm just saying that a lot of it is uh, pretty old fashioned. Well, I will say, as an aside note, but Emerald, who came out of New York, went yeah. to Louisiana, adopted the cuisine, is modernized it in some ways, at least for that area. And I, all his restaurants are fantastic. Seriously, did Go you on. did you know that uh, Noodles is going public? Oh, really? Yeah. With all that bad publicity. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. This is a short sell because this thing is gonna, you know, to have the, the IPO pop, and then all the kids are gonna revolt because of, hey man, like they made it like come to work on time. It's <laughs> come to work on time. I would noodles. not invest in that company. Noodles IPO. Mm-hmm. Noodles expects an IPO of thirteen to fifteen dollars a share. Uh, IPO terms, they're going to raise up to $77.5 million, which will open a couple more stores, I guess. Uh-huh. I think it's a depression company. Noodles. Come on, give me a break. Mm, okay, might be, might be. But we got to be careful. I mean, we could have a slave revolt on our hands, and no one will be serving at Noodles. Well, Don Mills uh, will not be eating there. He's at $131 from Shasta Lake, and I'm saying that because there's no noodles in Shasta Lake. Uh, ITM, here's what I owe you for your tw- two-bit show. So, <laughs> what is so that? What, what, I calculated 25 cents. He sent us 25 cents a show since the beginning. Oh, okay. Well, this is a two-bit show. Thank two you. Two-bit show. Get it? Love, love it. Love it. Quarter each time. Nice. Uh, Jason Doolin in Lost Wages, Nevada, one two three five eight. Uh, as I listen to my comments on the show, I become unhappy. My comment wasn't appropriate in any way, shape, or form. I don't remember this comment. I can only extend an embarrassed and humble apology. Do you remember a comment that yeah, was... Yeah, don't do that again. I don't no, do what again? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> just, I'm going to scold you. Oh, you're just making it up. Don't do that again, Jason. Uh, Brian Morton in Casper, Wyoming, $100. Helen Barbour, Barber, actually, in Wilton, uh, Australia, $100. We have a son, a birthday call out that's listed on here. We do. You have Javier... <clears throat> Vasquez in San Diego, California, $100. Uh, loves the show. Been donating for a while. Decides time to help out. Um, Antonio McMullen in Round Rock, Texas, which is right up the road from you, $100. Yeah, but he's not uh, there right now. He's No, because he's doing contract work in Afghan land. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't donated in a while since. He's, but when he saw the number 33 painted on a wall, I yeah. decided to... Sing the 33 is a magic number jingle. If you decide to use the comment during the show, I'd appreciate that if you left my name out. Oops. Oh, God. Gareth, good work, Eric. Uh, Gareth Herdman in Victoria, New Zealand. Whitney Jacobs in El Cajon, uh, California, 83. Uh, Gareth was 99. Joe Thompson in Allen, Texas. Uh, like a birthday shout out. We got that. Hey, Dodge. question, 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 question. So when we have a producer now, who has taken you to task over this spring Texas uh, producer meetup? Yeah, and he's, he's. I think you're going to have to get on a plane. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and by the way, everyone in Texas is invited to this. I sent him a, a you know a little thing. He can contact people if he wants to. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Elliot Rothman in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, what does he say here? I can't actually. This thing doesn't. Wow, he has a huge note. No need to read this note. Okay, next. Good. 
Paul, we read the note, but we read it in private. Paul Schneider in, uh, and by the way, Dodge in Orange Beach, Alabama, we, I read his note already, uh, the $80 guy. Sir John Johnson, uh, Troy, New York. Paul Schneider in Edmonton. Oh, by the way, he didn't play. The, we got it here. Paul. 69. 69. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> you skipped one. You skipped one. <laughs> I wasn't Paul either. Schneider. Yeah. I yeah, did. I, Sir yeah. John Johnson. These are all 69, 69s. Uh, Charles Massey in Milledgeville, Georgia. Uh, he needs to give him a de-douching. Okay. And a karma. You've been de What does he need the karma for? He's taking the LSAT. Oh. You've got karma. We need every lawyer we can get. Yeah. We do, yeah, for sure. And the good old uh, Grand Duke Baron von Pelsmachers awesome. in Belgium. He had to come up with another 6969. Um, he could use some swazelnuf karma, and we could give him whatever he oh, wants. Oh, whatever, whatever the Baron, whatever the uh, Grand You've Duke got wants. Karma. <clears throat> he is the man. He's the man. Christopher Gray in uh, Grand Blanc, Michigan. Sir Gray to you. Uh, he's got some MILF karma coming, I think, or some sort. He wants some? Uh, he his wants... bride of nine years. He was for <clears throat> Sandra, his yes. bride of nine years. Well, he's uh, he's going to be knighted today. So oh, I, he's well, getting knighted. Yeah, yeah so let me, give him, that's good <laughs> let me give him his, uh, his MILF karma. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got there you go. karma. Good work. Grant McCarran. Uh, whoops, that's the end of the segment. Oh, my goodness. 69! 69! Did Five. We're down to five. <laughs> yeah. From the, the, the all-time high of like 90. Yeah, that's all right. Now we're down it, it'll go away eventually. 69 from Grant McCarran in McKinnon, Victoria, Australia. Col Coulter Paget in Bandera, Texas. 55-55, first-time donor. Um... He's been on a show with something and daughter. It's, we have to give her karma at the end of the episode here. Karen E. Edwards, $51 in Ontario, Canada. Stephen Arnold, 50. United States, these are all 50s. Massey Stolo, Stolo, Stolowski. Yeah. I think it's Macy. Yeah. Matt Massey Macy. Calgary, which is flooded. We haven't, we're not talking about the floods, but they, they, they got slammed. Mm. They just flooded out the stampede. Really? They didn't have it this year? No, they just, they decided to have it in the flood. Well, yeah. Those Canadians they, they don't are tough. Care. I told you I've been to the Stampede. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. one of the things I've always wanted to go yeah. to. I got the belt buckle still somewhere. Somewhere. Huh. Uh, Josh Johnson, uh, Kingston, Ontario, 50. Eric Veet, Dublin, California. Uh, Dan Greb, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Finally, Kyle Bauer in Parts unknown. Mark Tanner and Whittier and the last fifty dollars donors. Michael Hassenkamp in good local boy in Santa Clara, California, right up the street from me. Mm -hmm. And that would be our uh, contributors for this show. Five two four. I want to remind everyone to uh, help us. We got another show coming up. This has to be done. I'm sorry. It's just the way we do the show. Instead of a bunch of ads every two minutes. We, uh, this is how we finance the show. This is how it gets done. This is that we get all the support we get. We have to thank everybody for the support, especially over a certain amount. And I want to thank the lesser donors too. And anyone who just, you know, I get, we get a lot of $5 come in from people. And, and a lot of people who uh, tweeted saying, oh, you know, thanks for reminding me to check my, uh, my monthly because PayPal canceled. And the way PayPal cancels is they say, no agenda show has rejected your payment. Yeah. 
It's unbelievable. I mean, it, I hate that. I got a, twi- a tweet from some guy. Maybe it was the same one. The guy says, they've been bitching about this all this time, and it happened to me. Yeah. Uh, in, don't check. I think it was, uh, it was one of our uh, No Agenda hams. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think, let me see. I have it here. No, it's it's horrible. I, I don't understand why they say that we rejected it. It's something wrong with their system. No, it's but they don't give it. It's not their system. It's just their language. I mean, their system is just horrible. No. Uh, hey, I see uh, a couple of interesting things here. One of them is, uh, let me see if I can bring this up quickly. Hey, that was uh, N3PRO. Yeah. I noticed that you... Uh... Wait, I have, I have the language here. I'm going to read it to you. Hello, name. No Agenda Show has suspended your automatic payments. Contact No Agenda Show for more details or to reactivate your payments. Yeah. Well, what kind of bullshit is that? You know, yes, we're going to say, no, we're suspending you. Your money's no good here. Suspend him, John. Block him. Block him from. <laughs> it's block unbelievable. Him from, block him I from sending I bitched to them money. about this, and they never reply to my com- comments. No. Well, I'd send, be me that, send me that mail. I'll do that one again. Yeah, I, I'd be. This is bogus. I mean, uh, we didn't, we're not rejecting anybody. I mean, we we can't afford it. No. Oh, it's from Dick Cheney. Screw him. We don't need his money. No, if Dick Cheney sends us money, it goes into the coffers. We That's pay right. some bills. That's right. Hell yeah. So I see you're using your uh, call sign. Yes, I started using Adam it. I'm Curry, uh, Kentucky Fried Five, Salt Lake News. <laughs> Kentucky fi- Fried Five, Salt Lake News. And what does it say underneath that? www.curry.com. And underneath that? Your government is reading your email. Slow them down with encryption. <laughs> My public key, pubkey.curry.com. How much uh, email do you get that uh, uses a your lot, public key? A lot. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd okay. be amazed. Yeah. I'd say. Well, I mean, as a percentage, very small. But it, per day, at least five. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good. Well, then all the government spooks can send Curry the, the cool stuff and uh Well, I mean, we'll it's, I have no illusions about uh, the NSA can crack it, but it slows them down. That's exactly what I said. You know, it's going, oh, really? Yeah, I'm sure the NSA. So, what if they wanted to? I mean, yeah. they, 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 it's like, oh, those two idiots. Screw them. Oh. We got better fish to fry. Let's get the goods on Schumer. <laughs> Care about swing us. that swing that dish around. Yeah, who gives a crap about them? Oh, <laughs> I will, oh, let me just. We got to finish up the segment. Then I've got some cool stuff to talk about. Uh, we have a title uh, that we we have a change in title. This is Sir Doctor Sharky, who um, becomes baronet. So he doesn't get a piece of land yet, but uh, he's on his way to barondom, and uh, he gets that. Uh, and we, he wasn't on the list today, but we know that he's sent in. He's good for his donation, but he sent it in late. Cutoff time is midnight. Pacific. Pacific time uh, on the day before, or the evening before the show. Uh, and yes, I'll reiterate what John said. Thank you so much. Uh, this is the only way that we can uh, that we can get by. And uh, I, I think, just looking at today's show, hello, the value has been right there. We saved you 20 bucks. That's without water right, and for that M&M crappy for that crappy movie, movie that. right? Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, we bought two waters and some M&M's. So, you know, the bill, you know, 40 bucks before you know it. Uh, we have helped you understand what bullcrap the Kaiser Alexander is spewing, which is public information. It's just public information That's that you're not even getting. No, you can't even get the simplest stuff. Yeah. 
It's amazing. <laughs> the simplest stuff. <laughs> I had to use the word. I used the word amazing. I no, should be slapped. No, that's okay. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And I will mention that we got a great note with a couple of ideas from one of our producers. And he said, why don't you have a jingle for your P.O. box? Because in this case, you have to go to the website to get the P.O. box. Whereas if we had a P.O. box jingle, then people could just, you know, I need to donate money. And they could just sing the jingle. What's our P.O. box? Box 339, El Cerrito, California, 94530. So maybe we needed a whole song. Well, no. Why don't you just take what I just said and run it through that stupid thing, that device, that makes it into an auto-tune. All right. Some, uh, hopefully someone will do that for us. But I thought it was a good idea. I thought that was, yeah, a, that was that would a, be a good idea. It sounds like a tough one. But yeah, again, org slash NA could be done. Thank you. And we have some very, very talented mofos listening to this show. And here's a big karma for everybody. All you monthly donors, you uh, one-time smaller donation numbers, our associates, of course, our executives, ex- uh, associate executive producers, just everyone who is supporting the show. Thank you so much. You've got karma. <laughs> birthday a shout out today rolf layman uh, who will be celebrating on june 30th i hope we remember to do it again on uh, thursday helen barber celebrates uh today the 23rd as does joe thomason who turns 40 today happy birthday from your friends here at the best podcast in the universe it's birthday, yeah. and we have a knighting yes <laughs> I got my blade, Jean, Jean, Jean. You have your blade, very nice. Okay. All right, Christopher Gray, please step forward, sir. We have already provided you with the uh, required milfage karma for your lovely bride, Sandra, and now we would like to present you with your award. Unlike that douchebag Bono, this one's real. We pronounce these Sir Gray, Knight of the Norwegian Roundtable for you, sir. Hookers and blow, rent poison, chardonnay, hot pants and booze, long-haired heavy metal guys and scotch, wenches and beer, rubenes, women and rosé, gushes and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts and mud and mead. And you can share it with your lady. All of that. Wow, I'm good at that. I remember that so well. You've got that thing down. I got it down. I do. All right. So we got a very interesting invitation. Um, you know, we have our, our little dinner club here in Austin. Yeah, the uh, discreet charm of the bourgeoisie club. <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> it's a movie by Bunuel, which it perfectly describes the situation in which you're uh, in, S- ensnared. Say it again. The discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. Ooh, well, yes. And uh, so we have a uh, our next dinner will be on July 5th, because Miss Mickey is going back to Amsterdam to do her foot project. And then she's, she's going back for three days. She's coming back on the 4th. And on the 5th, we have um, our next dinner. And so there's a little email that goes around. It's, you know, it's really beautiful. And, you know, it's, uh, it's actually it's kind of funny, because they always make fun of me on the email. It's like They make fun of you? Oh, yeah. It's like, so Russ, the brain professor, he's like, I'm in Washington, D.C. Despite my association with you, I had no problem with my clearances into the White House. Oh, 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 <laughs> ooh. And, and of course, gotcha. And I'm like, no, it's because of your association with me you had no problem. And then the other person is like, Lori, he's like, have you ever requested your file under the Freedom of Information Act from the FBI? 
And I'm like, no, UPS doesn't ship anything over 50 pounds. Thank you very much. So this is kind whoa, of the extent. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> so we will have new guests at the table. This is very oh. smart. This is very smart. And they oh, are. These are new people altogether. They haven't been. You've never met them. Have not met them. They are, however, in Austin. And why are you having them for dinner if you've never met no, them? No, no, no. We the the dinner party is at Lori's place. It's her turn. Oh, I see. Okay. And she is adding people to the mix. Uh, what about that woman that you insulted the last time you had? Is she gone? Is she out of the group? Wait, who who did I insult? Oh that no no no! That was a different dinner. That was with the gay friends. Oh, the gay dinners. Yeah, sure. no, no, no. Okay, gay dinner. you're, you're just a party animal. Oh, yeah. How do you get any of these clips? I don't know how you have time. <laughs> it's very hard. Well, even better, I have a clip of the new guest. How about that? I've got a clip of the guest. Oh, who so be- you're, got, you're, you're, you're moving up the ladder. Uh, here oh, yes, yeah. They're actually clippable. <laughs> they, they provide their own clips. <laughs> they're like, hey, we're having dinner with Curry. Let me send him a clip. A little teaser. This is James Pennebaker. And his his lovely wife, uh, and uh, I shall be reading both of their books. I have them on the Kindles, and I haven't told them that, of course. But And I'm not going to say, hey, nice to meet you. I read your book. No, I'm going to sneak it in. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. You know, because they're professors, of course. And he is a professor. Uh, he is actually a brain professor's boss at the university here, the, 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 the you know, that Longhorn thing, that UT, Texas, University of Texas. But he wrote a book, which I thought would be, it's real no agenda material. I can't recommend it yet because I haven't really gotten into it, called The Secret Life of Pronouns. And he has developed not just a thesis, but computer software and all kinds of stuff uh, that can help you detect people when, uh, through people's use of language when they're lying. And in particular, when people are using something, he has coined performatives. I don't know if he's coined it, but he calls them performatives. And I uh, and I think it's going to be really interesting uh, uh, to to meet this guy. But I wanted to play a little clip where he has clips inside his clip about, and it's something that we follow all the time about how, uh, in particular, presidents uh, use particular phrases and language to lie to us. And uh, I wanted to share that. Shall we listen to this for a moment? Oh, this sounds like a winner. Yeah. You know, language is a complicated world, especially when we're trying to understand how language differs when someone's telling the truth versus lying. Now, one thing that is common is that when people tell the truth, they tend to use the words like I, me, and my at higher rates than when they're lying, except under one circumstance. And this circumstance is one that was first studied by philosophers, and specifically a guy by the name of John Austin. Austin studied something called performatives. An example of this would be, I want you to know I'm holding a shovel. In the video, he's holding a pen when he says this. Now, in reality, this is not a shovel. Nevertheless, what I just said, is it true or not? I want you to know I'm holding a shovel. In a weird kind of way, that's true. Why? Because the first part of that sentence, I want you to know, is true. I do really want you to know I'm holding a shovel. Now, I'm holding a shovel is completely false, but that's not the premise of the sentence. And that's what a performative is. Now, it so happens that this is used quite a bit. And I've seen it a lot, especially in politicians. I'd like to begin with one of my favorite lies of all times, uh, and one that you may well know from uh, Bill Clinton when he was president. But I want to say one thing to the American people. 
I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Was that stunning or what? We just heard three powerful performatives right in a row. I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relationships with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. What he said was technically true. I want to say this again. I didn't have sex with that woman. Well, he did. He was saying it again. He was being completely honest, except for the minor part about the big lie part. But from a pure linguistic, a logical, philosophical perspective, he was telling the truth. Let's finish this with a few, a few recent presidents and other people who use performatives without any judgment on whether these people are telling the truth or not. And I want to say this to the television audience. I made my mistakes. I just want to tell you that uh, when we negotiate, I'm going to, I've, as I say on my side, I've got $22 billion. And the American people have got to understand this, that this program won't go forward. And I want to, I want everybody to understand that this is a jobs issue. <laughs> so let things like, let me be clear, the fact of the matter. This is all great stuff. Well, this this is a guy you need to know. Yeah, I'm very yeah, he's excited. A lot, he's a, he's an expert at, at uh, looking at structures. Yep. In other words, there's different ways that people deal with liars. I mean, especially when you deal with somebody who is a, a pathological liar, which is very difficult to catch because this is like a game they play. But generally speaking, when you're dealing with liars, the normal process is using their body language and cues right, right, and other right, things, right. which is sometimes never works. Right. I mean, it's a good idea, but he's doing it by deconstructing the actual structure of what yeah. they say. Yeah, and, and it, it goes pretty deep. And, of course, now I'm really nervous because I'm going to be so conscious that he's like... Oh, yeah, you're going to be lying. <laughs> saying, hey, wait a minute, that's not true. Who are you trying to kid, Curry? <laughs> Best podcast in the universe. <laughs> Says who? He seems great. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hard. along famously. I'm going to have to temper myself, though, because, you know, I, I get excited. I have to <laughs> calm down. It's dinner after all. Yeah, maybe he's well, maybe he'll clam up when he's at dinner. He might be one of those guys who's not talkative. He doesn't trust the outside. Mm. Well, maybe it's weird. I liked it very much. Though. I, I like because I learned this. You know, we have a word for it called a performative, and we are we are usually looking at the physical tells, which there are a lot of, and the coughs, and, and yeah, the <laughs> coughs. But uh, and in his book, he really goes. It says it's really all the small words. The words. It's the pronouns. It's like you know, it's the I. It's the uh, the. And, you know, all these little things and how people use those tells you if they're really full of crap or not. But the big ones is like, you know, the fact of the matter, let me be clear. Let me be clear doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, let me be. Yeah, no, you're just being clear. Yeah, you're just being very let me clear. Be clear, I'll yeah. talk slower. Let me tell the American people. I was like, okay, you're telling. It doesn't mean you're telling us the truth. That's very smart. Um, so uh, this is a good example. This is the definition, the free dictionary of performative, which is kind of interesting because it's more, more than just that. Uh, re, it's a re, relating to or being an utterance that performs an act or creates a state of affairs by the fact that it's being uttered under appropriate or conventional circumstances. And this inc 
includes a justice of this of the peace uttering, I now pronounce you husband and wife. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Thus creating a legal union or as one uttering, I promise, thus performing the act of promising. So anything that's performance, a performative utterance promise. is another, another right. definition. Uh, it, it, demanding an utterance that constitutes some act, especially the act described by the verb. For example, I confess that I was, I was there. I confess that I was there is in itself a confession. It's also performative in the narrower sense. While I'd like you to meet, affecting an introduction, is performative only in the looser sense. This is a very interesting word, this performative thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look into this. Well, I'm going to. I think I, we use it quite a bit. I think we use it a lot. And also, is it not possible? And this is probably what I'm most interested in is can you defeat this? Or can you use this to your advantage? And how you know is it really close to neurolinguistic programming? I mean, where where is the line? Well, this is the these? question you'll be asking at dinner. Yes, I'll say. Could you pass the potato salad? Is that any of performatives? <laughs> anything like can it be used in a neurolinguistic programming manner? Can I get it? Can I use it to make people send me money? <laughs> Please support the, to support the show, of course. Obviously. Uh, I got. Uh, I got. It'll be interesting dinner. So yeah, uh, that's July fifth. Uh, I'll keep you uh, appraised. We have, you know, we actually do a show on July fourth. We're actually going to be working the two of us. That's right. On the fourth of July. That's right. I'll have a flag hanging outside the door. Yes. And uh, I've got this huge flag hanging off the balcony. I have a flag that hung above. Um, well, hold on. I have. You have a flag that hung at the. Uh, it's one of those souvenir flags. They hang the flag yes. in front of the white in front of the state house, and then they sell it. No, it was. It's not <clears throat> a bad idea, though, is it? I have here certificate of authenticity. Uh, right. To all we know who those shows are never faked. Well, no, it's signed by Commander Hill and Command Sergeant Major Menton. To all Eddie Hill. Yeah. To all who shall see these presents uh, the flag of the United States of America accompanying this certificate has been proudly flown over forward operating base Oregon E, headquarters of Task Force White Kurahi. Oh, you, oh, you got this when you're in Iraq? Infantry. No, 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 this is Afghanistan. This oh. is uh, the 101st Airborne Division. Presented, oh, to Mr. Nice flag to have. presented to Mr. Adam Curry in sincere appreciation for your support and sacrifice. It's my, for my sacrifices, John. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> I always tell him I don't feel good about the things you send me. I, don't, I really don't feel good about that. I'll take the flag, and I love the, the certificate, but the standard language really doesn't apply to me. So yeah, the, They could have customized it. Erdogan, for your douchebag. <laughs> I would have loved that. For your douchebaggery. <laughs> While we're here eating sand, you douchebag, here's a flag. So Erdogan of Turkey, uh, did you hear, did you hear what he said? I've heard a lot of what he said. What are you referring to? Um, he's saying, I show. Well, this is translated, of course. Yeah, he's saying uh, this. The, what's happening here is the same forces, foreign forces, who are uh, uh, stoking the protest in Brazil. 
The same game is now being played over in Brazil, Erdogan said. The symbols are the same. The protesters, the posters are the same. Twitter, Facebook are the same. The international media is the same. The protests are being led from the same center. They are doing their best to achieve in Brazil what they could not achieve in Turkey. It's the same game, the same trap, the same aim. And the goal of this, and the rationale, the goal, I mean, the the motive. Regime change. Regime change? Well, you know, the Brazil thing is not, yeah, well, it might be true in Turkey, but Brazil, they have regime changes constantly. Yeah. So this Brazil thing doesn't apply. I think that's wrong. Well, I'm I'm not I'm just I'm not saying it. Erdogan is saying it. Why? What's, what's he? Who's he accusing? CIA. The Russians or the Americans, C- Americans or who? Americans. I think he's accu- accusing the Chinese. The I think he's accusing the Americans. That seems more like a Russian ploy. Well, maybe. And here's a little uh, Federal Register note that popped up. Remember, we had. Um, well, actually, I can just read it to you. Uh, this is from the president. Dear Mr. Speaker, Mr. President, certain U.S. forces recently deployed to Jordan solely to participate in a training exercise. We talked about this, which was a uh, lot. early Eagle, I think it was. This exercise ended on June 20th, 2013. At the request of the government of Jordan, a combat-equipped detachment of approximately 700 of these forces remained in Jordan after the conclusion of the exercise to join other U.S. forces already in Jordan. The detachment that participated in the exercise and remained in Jordan includes Patriot missile systems, fighter aircraft, and related support, command, control, and communications personnel and systems. The detachment will remain in Jordan in full coordination with the government of Jordan until the security situation becomes such that it is no longer needed. This is unbelievable. Which is never, by the way. The, the guy just, and this is the letter from the president regarding the War Powers Resolution. So under War Powers Resolution, he's saying, I'm just going to deploy uh, 700 guys. Yeah, in addition. Yeah, to whatever was already there. How many people are there. already there? Is that, God that crazy knows. colonel? God that knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God knows. The deployment of this detachment has been directed in furtherance of U.S. national security. Oh, it's protecting us. And oh, foreign good. policy interests. Yeah. Including the important national interest in supporting the security of Jordan and promoting regional stability. You, you are a war criminal. Yeah, you're just defending criminal. the guy at the beginning of the show. And now you're calling him a war criminal. Make yes. up your mind. He's a he's a he's a nice war criminal. I like him. What about this? The flight 800 thing keeps getting murkier. Yeah, I think I I have a feeling this is this is this feels like more a distraction than anything. I'm not quite sure why. I don't see it as a distraction because it's not getting as much play. It gets kind of a mention well, here now, and now there. Remember this, this, but more guys keep coming out of the woodwork saying, "Hey, this is bull crap." We well, would just hold on a second. Where are you seeing the promo? Because this I, is this is I'm, it's just scattered. I don't have it. No, you, I know you keep no, that's oh, not it's a true. Movie. It's a new TV network. It's not a new. It's it's like a Netflix network. This is this is their thing. This is their big documentary. It's on a unpro- yeah, but it doesn't mean it's all bullcrap just because somebody's you know doing a little PR for it. No, but there's but there's no, there's no. I mean, all it's just riling up the same old theory. Well, we know this thing was brought down by uh, the some kind of shoulder fired missile. Duh. Well, I think I've I have the passenger manifest. Oh well, uh, the, okay. 
how it was brought down is irrelevant versus who was who was brought down. That well, is there's very only there's a number of lots of bankers are on this flight. Oh, okay, interesting. So they took out a lot of bankers. Mm-hmm. Then they took out the guy who was the senior senior systems engineer for the uh, Aegis missile system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Totally. So they got rid of him. But the one that gets me, and I'm still looking into this one because uh, Mohammed Farat killed and on the list of one of these websites it says you know, it's, we don't know too much uh, why this guy was killed but he was one of the guys who did business with Ron Brown Oh, on the Ivory Coast and we know Ron Brown was assassinated yeah. he was the Secretary of Commerce uh, under Clinton and he was killed in around the time that this plane went down hmm. about the same, within the same time frame and there was a whole bunch of guys that died and of course then we ended up getting back to the Clinton kill list you mean and the, I found the, another good version of it. The Clinton body count. The body count. One of the body count websites. So, There's a bunch of them. But so I, I think I've, we I've, have one linked in the show notes. That yes. I think enjoy. Yes, I put it under uh, two to the head. The Clinton body count, which you sent. It was very interesting. You sent this to me, and you said, wow, I hadn't really tracked this for a while, and it's grown. <laughs> it has. <laughs> and, but, well, and I put Hastings on there. They haven't put him on there yet. Um, no, he's not on yet. But then I said, oh, my God. I had just planned on bringing up the Obama body count. And and do you want to just cuz you know when you think about it, how many people have died in association with the Obama administration let's just put it politely. Yeah, but this is all during the Hillary Clinton uh Secretary of State uh No, 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 no. No. This is I had forgotten how many people have croaked. Oh, it goes back further? Oh my god. Okay. I'm I'm all ears now. Okay, Mama Louise Anderson, uh, 79, and her 52-year-old daughter, Zelda White, the two women aid workers who were shot dead in Nairobi, Kenya in 2008. Of course, you know, they uh, they probably, you know, the rumor was that they probably knew uh, something about the true origins of the, uh, of the president. Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Rabel and Sergeant Bradley Atwell died in Camp Bastion. That was three days after Benghazi. Has never been talked about, by the way. No one has really brought, even we haven't brought that up. Mohammed no. uh, Bakhti, this is the, uh, the Tunisian guy uh, that they had to get rid of because, of course, Tunisia uh, helped set up the, uh, the fake kidnapping that went wrong. Jeff Joe Black. Found dead on hiking trail from blunt force trauma to the head. He's the Chicago activist who claimed that Rahm Emanuel was put into place in Chicago to oversee a coming false flag event. Larry Bland and Nate Spencer, uh, two members of the Trinity Church, murdered at the same time. Andrew Breitbart, well, of course. Uh, Steve Bridges, the remember this guy? The impersonator who offended President Obama? Remember the, the, the guy who did Bush? Yeah, and he, he did Obama. And then did Obama, and then he, de- he died? <laughs> I don't remember him dying. Yeah, we talked about it. Oh, we must have talked about oh, it, yeah. but geez, I forgot about that. This, this is to August 2011. Yeah, the guy does an impression of Obama. No wonder none of these impressionists do Obama. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened to that guy? He's dead. The best impression was this guy. Well, what happened? He's dead. Yeah, murdered by... He won't do that impression. And he, and, he, and he died by anaphylaxis. This is like, you know, eating a bad peanut, essentially, and being yeah. allergic. His shellfish poisoning is uh-huh. different. Robin Copeland, former Energy Department official who took part in several significant disarmament programs, died suddenly. People always die with heart attacks or some weird thing, all very young. Yeah, prussic acid. Mm -hmm. Michael Cormier, 
forensic technician. He's the guy who was the coroner on Breitbart. Remember that guy died? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Madeline Payne Dunham, Obama's grandmother, died two days before the general election. He flew out to see her for one hour alone. No records. Cremated immediately. Ashes dispersed. <laughs> That's kind of crude. Uh, Beverly Eckert, the Continental Flight victim. She was a 9-11 widi- uh, widow who was uh, making a lot of noise. Remember she was? Remember her? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, of course, Extortion 17, that is the Chinook heli- helicopter, call sign Extortion 17, shot down while transporting um, the uh, uh, the Navy SEALs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found that to be suspicious. Yeah. Uh, Bill Guatney, close friend of Bill and Hillary Clinton, a Clinton superdelegate, uh, was fatally shot in 2008. Shooter had a post-it note with a mystery phone number. I'm not quite sure why that was linked to Obama. Lieutenant Quarries Harris Jr., key witness in federal probe into passport information stolen from the State Department. Oh, remember that? That's also Hillary. Yeah, but what's interesting... Obama's passport breach, unanswered, unanswered questions. Harris worked for a security firm run by John Brennan, <laughs> later to be a terrorism advisor to Obama, listed as detail in YouTube video. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, was an employee of John Brennan when murdered, and Brennan, of course, has, is now head of the CIA. Uh, Andy P. Hart, Guantanamo attorney, assigned to defend Mohammed Rahim al-Afghani, and uh, he died. Michael Hastings is in here. Uh, Hazem Benghazi attack suspect dies in Cairo shootout. Stephanie Tubbs Jones, uh, she's the one that uh, she the one that crashed her car in the garage. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> Some one? of these are ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, David Koshman murdered in Chicago Rush Street brawl uh, by a nephew of Mayor Daley and White House Chief of Staff Bill Daley. The Crim Children. Oh yeah, that was the uh, the the writer. Uh, no, wait a minute. Yeah, CNBC's ex- uh, exec children. That's right. Uh, Nanny stabbed herself upon mother's arrival. Uh-huh. Kamkwata. We know who that is. That was the, uh, the guy who, um, who told people about the weird, uh, Obama ritual going on at, at the, uh, um, at the National Assembly. What do you call His it? His name was Kamkwat? Kamkwata. And he wound memory then, and he wound up dead. Yeah, I remember that yeah. vaguely. Chris Kyle, of course, uh, American sniper. Uh, we know him. Got no props, even though he was a prominent uh, SEAL. Yeah, yep. He just died. Uh, Some, Mar- yeah. Marco McMillan, Mississippi's first gay mayoral candidate, thirty-four, beaten and burned, body dumped out on the riverbank. Stephanie Moses. NYPD sergeant photographed with Obama at 9-11 ceremony, found dead in apparent suicide. Uh, and that's all. The, and this is a pretty good document. It, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, and, of course, there's you know all the other, uh, the, all the gay guys in Chicago who got killed. There's the gay kid who was um, uh, working for the Obama campaign in Chicago headquarters who dropped dead. Everyone's a heart attack with it was around here. Everybody's a fucking heart attack. So it's a pretty good list. Yeah, that's a damn good list. And uh, and and I like this list because it has a lot of links to the original stories. Um, now, your Clinton body count, 
I mean, that list, I mean, that's they've categorized it by numbers and by... Yeah, kids. no, they're almost like, it's like the Library of Congress that's done so, <laughs> so much work on it's it. As much, it's as much information as the Library of Congress. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, maybe, it's, you know, if you're just, if you... Um, if you're well known, maybe just you know when people die around you, it's just you know. But I don't know that many people who've died of horrible deaths just around. Man, I know a lot of people. Yeah, over the just over a couple of years, this is yeah. not like a uh, lifetime of people dropping dead. <laughs> lifetime achievement award. <laughs> and yeah, I know people that have died too that are you know here and there, but it's not. More than a few dozen people. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, burning up in your garage. Yeah, and they're all just, yeah, they they died yeah. in their sleep or something. They weren't yeah. roaming around. Yeah. No, they, they, they're in the hospital. They had cancer. Yeah. You know, they oh, no. long oh, finger. Oh, by the way. I mean, Steve Jobs took forever to die. Right. These, it's not like these guys just dropped dead. Well, by the way, take a look at, uh, at the list and you tell me how many of these people died of cancer. None. Right, which is very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone I know is either, most of them actually have died from cancer. So on Tuesday, it will be a very, very big day, uh, and I'll be paying a lot of attention, working very, very hard on everybody's behalf, uh, so you don't have to, um, and and that means mainly there will be documents to read, lots of documents, and I can already tell you what it's going to be. Uh, we will be shutting down the coal plants with new regulation or rules or law of rule or whatever it is, and the president has done a little promo video which he has on the whitehouse.gov that america would respond to the growing threat of climate change for the sake of our children and future generations this tuesday at georgetown university i'll lay out my vision for where i believe we need to go a national plan to reduce carbon pollution prepare our country for the impacts of climate change and lead global efforts to fight it this is a serious challenge but it's one uniquely suited to america's strengths now, I want to say something about this video. The music track is very loud, and it's and and I I sound tried to sound hound it, and it sounds like it sounds like a Jay Z track who stole it from Prince. Yeah. I mean, do 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 do. It sounds like uh, uh, Diamonds and Pearls is what it sounds like. Da-da-da-da-da. But it's it has kind of that Jay Z vibe to it, kind of like in New York. But why does he have to have this whole stylized thing and the music and and of course again we're seeing waves crashing up against uh, you know the Jersey Shore and ooh he didn't put polar bears in this time but so Tuesday Tuesday don't miss it Tuesday we'll need scientists to design new fuels and farmers to grow them we'll need en- we'll design new fuels and tell you how farmers can grow them. Nice. Engineers to devise new sources of energy and businesses to make and sell them. We'll need workers to build the foundation for a clean energy economy. And we'll need all of our citizens to do our part to preserve God's creation for future generations. Our forests and waterways, our croplands and snow-capped peaks. There's no single step that can reverse the effects of climate change. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the world we leave our children, we owe it to them to do what we can. So I hope you'll share this message with your friends, because this is a challenge that affects everyone, and we all have a stake in solving it together. I hope to see you Tuesday. Thanks. Call me diamonds and pearls. (laughs) That's kind of a creepy thing. That music stinks, by the way. Yeah. Hey, did, did, 
Huh? Did you ever notice that the you know the the Brits have a complimentary operation? Of course, this is how they exchange data. They spy on us, and we spy on them, and then oh, we yeah, give you stuff, and you give yeah. us stuff. Yeah, they've got the GQ or whatever. GCHQ. <laughs> have you ever looked at their building? And tell me what it reminds you of. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, uh, either a Mercedes uh, logo. No, or no, no, no. Kind no. of like a, a the steering Apple wheel. building. Yeah, the new one. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But, but they have like kind of some weird star configuration over three points. There's a three-point deal on there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> three-point deal. It's a three-point deal. It's a nice but design. It's a hell of a building. It's a nice design. Yeah, except if you're on one end, you have to get to the other. Actually, there's a bunch. I guess you can cut through. It's a huge building. Mm-hmm. You cut through. Hey, what are you doing? I'm cutting through. The courtyard. Can't cut through here. <laughs> I, I have two things to wind up with. I got um, I got the minister of the UK, Gitmo Nation East minister of, I guess he's agriculture or something. And you know that uh, the European Union is against um, genetically modified crops. They say they are, but there's all kinds of evidence that they're not. Yeah, this would be one of them. So they've got a field where they're testing some stuff. And this is a whole report, and I just got a little clip of it because I thought that was kind of funny. The guy's clearly trying to uh, sway our opinion of genetically modified foods and crops. The Environment Secretary wants to rehabilitate GM technology. It'll help to feed the world's billions, he says, and put the UK at the forefront of an agricultural and economic revolution. In very large parts of the world, this isn't some strange, spooky innovation being led by funny professors with spiky hair and flapping coats. Uh, This is an absolute standard part of everyday life. No, I think it is done by you. It's uh, very funny. <laughs> I was like, okay. And and I want to say hello to our friends uh, in Australia, who uh, a lot of them listen, a lot of them support the show. A lot of them have said thank you so much for recognizing that we really, we actually kind of really do hate it when you talk about Australia and you do a stupid, lame-ass Australian accent. I think I got confirmation that they, that is quite annoying to them, so I'm not going to do it. Um, I will, however, play this bit, uh, which is a piece of news, um, which is all about the uh, the pedo bear down under. Well, New South Wales police have admitted shredding all documents of the force's involvement with a key Catholic church body set up to deal with sex abuse cases. The sex crime squad officer on the church body destroyed all her documents after each meeting. The top-level group established by the church's bishops met monthly with a senior policewoman for at least three hours over many years. After being contacted by Lateline, the New South Wales Police Minister Mike Gallagher has now demanded an urgent briefing from his police commissioner. And the former director of public prosecutions in New South Wales has described the police actions as destroying evidence. Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. think? <laughs> the public person does that. The next thing you know, they're in the in the slammer. Yeah. So let me see. You say so you had a meeting and like, oh man, oh damn, we got like we got some problems here. We got these bishops and like, you know, the, the sodomizing kids and good meeting. All right, everybody. All right. Who's shredding today? Good meeting. Well, I have one last clip from the... Uh, can you bring us out? Uh, can you lift us up? Can you lift our... Oh, yeah, yeah, this will do it. Uplifting and make yeah, us feel great. Yeah, every clip that I've closed the show with has always been uplifting, and this will be one of them. 
This is the this is the, again the caucus they were talking to the the the, the uh, helpers of the congressman, mm-hmm. and this is from the ACLU woman, uh, and you know she's ACLU is always uplifting. This is the American Civil Liberties Union. Yes, it's a group of lawyers that sues everybody every time anybody's liberties are violated, no matter who they are. Right. And this is the clip called Good One from the ACLU. Um, So far, Congress has allowed the intelligence committees to do secret oversight of secret programs allowed under secret court orders, and it has led to the collection of every American's phone calls. This cannot continue. We need to pull this information out into the public sphere so the rank-and-file members can understand what they've authorized, so the public can understand how the government spies on them, and people can make an informed decision about whether these programs should continue. But secret oversight is not working and from the information that's been leaked over the last couple of weeks it's pretty clear that some of this information has unnecessarily been kept secret and that your bosses um, with your advice need to make some very strong decisions here about what's appropriate yeah sounds like there's a lot of things secret things going on secret <laughs> it's a secret i thought this was the most transparent uh, administration in the uh, history of I the thought. history of the universe hmm, my goodness all right, everybody, that's going to have to do it. Uh, we need to move on with things. Got to produce this show. I dare I ask if you're going to go up north today, John? Are you going up north? No, no, no. I've got, uh, I've got some, some. you got some stuff to do. Uh, looks like there will be a No Agenda producer update on the stream, so all of y'all, y'all of y'all can stay tuned for that. That's funny, actually. I got an email from the White House. Did you get the email from the White House? I get a lot of emails from the White House. You might as well read yours. Well, it was just funny the way it, it opened. This is from some woman. It always went $5 for some reason. Well, this is this is about the nonpartisan experts who estimate the financial. This is about um, the immigration bill. But it starts off with, hi, all. And I'm like, oh, my God. Hi, all. Yes. That's what it is. Hi, all. Hi all, 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 Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody. My name is Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, the mecca of Tekka, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday right here with No Agenda. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember, No Agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. Dvorak.org slash N-A.